far are you going? About 30 years. In this week's episode, Avengers Assemble, we talk about Avengers Infinity War. Hey guys, it's Dustin here. Just letting you know that this podcast is coming out completely unedited. I do not have the time to edit anything because I'm leaving in the morning for an amazement, so this episode will be coming out uh, when I'm leaving. So you guys have something to listen to. So hopefully you enjoy our uh, ramblings about anything but the Avengers movie, and then also whenever we talk about the Avengers movie... Also to note, I kind of messed up on two things. We got into a discussion about polygamy and monogamy. And I got those terms mixed up when I was talking about the history of it. And you'll know why when you listen to our closing remarks segment. It all tied together. I'm not going to spoil anything on that. But I wanted to get my facts straight because I don't have time to sit and edit this whole episode. Especially when I got to go in about um, 10 hours from now. So that's just the uh, nature of that. But uh, thanks for listening, and we will do an episode uh, probably about E3 as our next episode. So thank you for listening and staying tuned, and enjoy! Surprising is the fact the last time I went to Denny's, the service there was even terrible, and that was 10 years ago. I don't think it This was in the middle of, like, Virginia, by the way, so, like, I think they're just all terrible restaurants in general. They have not such a good reputation. (laughs) Yeah. It looks like um, Robert is on here. How does Mason have uh, internet at the homeless shelter? That's a good question. (laughs) Did you see the stuff he... He was posting today uh, about he has to, like, renew his uh, homeless fees, but he's not getting paid by his uh, online source of income, so he's having to uh, apply for government assistance to do it. Gee, I thought he was already doing that already. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought he was on some sort of welfare measure, too. I don't know. It looks like Cloud is on here, too, but I don't think he saw the movie. Okay. Cloud likes to just lurk, and I'm fine with that, because he won't say anything, and he knows it. He'll, he, I guess he saw some commentary about it. He's posted yeah. some tweets up here. I honestly don't have a lot to say on Avengers, to be honest. Like, I mean, I I saw it with my buddy Eric in Greenville, like, Saturday night, and I saw it in 3D, too. And 3D was pretty good. Um... But yeah, yeah like I, I saw it in two D. Yeah, 
Uh, the 3D was the one with uh, with selective seating, so you can reserve seats. Whereas like the non 2D or 3D was, um, you know, basically like it's first come first serve. But there's a chance that you won't get the seat that you need to comfortably watch a movie. So he just went ahead and got my ticket for 3D, and that was like twenty some dollars. I was like, all right, fine, I'll sit in 3D. That's like the first 3D movie I've seen in probably like seven years. I want to say because I just I just don't care to see stuff in 3D. That's right. I haven't seen one since um, maybe like the first Avengers. I know I saw. I know I saw. Like 2011, I think was the first Avengers. I know I saw Thor one in 3D. I think it might have been like the first or second time I saw it. And yeah, yeah, that was not a good movie to see in 3D because nothing happens in that movie. Well, I remember seeing that one in 2D and thinking like when they were showing Asgard, like maybe this would look cool in 3D, like the Rainbow Bridge and stuff. But uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's just a waste of money in general. Is how I feel about the 3D because it doesn't it, add that much. It really is. Like at least with the 3D for event for this so we movie, like yeah, I already started. I started about okay. when Denny's rant happened. I okay. just, I'm just killing time. So um, yeah. No, but it was just like <clears throat> at least with this one, like this this stuff happening, so it does look pretty good in 3D, and it didn't annoy me or anything like that. Okay, so I, there I were a few moments where I felt like it would look good in 3D, which is generally how I feel when I'm watching an action movie. Like, okay, they made, like, this one scene for so it's not a total waste of money if you have 3D, where, like, some stuff is, like, flying at the camera or something. Because there's always something like that in one of these movies. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, this, yeah, there is a lot of, uh, of, of action in this. So I guess if you're going to see a movie in 3D in 2018, it's probably the most fun to see. Yeah. Uh, can you, uh, you know, like, there's the whole issue of, like, it makes the the movie, like, darker to see it in 3D. You know, like, that was one that the complaints people had about 3D, why I didn't really catch on that much. So, like, if people saw Black Panther, for instance, in 3D, I think they, they would be falling asleep even more in China. Because, you know, than yeah, because it's just a, it's just a dark movie. You can't tell what's going on. It's a, it's, it's black. Oh, this movie's really terrible. <laughs> I can't see anything. <laughs> so how how angry is the internet that uh, Black Panther is dead, but not really dead? You know that everyone's going to come back to life. Yeah, I mean, when I was coming out of the theater, people were like, "Oh, what an ending! Uh, I want to see the next one," but they're not really dead. You know, like that was like the yeah, like what do you hear everybody saying? I, uh, like in the bathroom and as you're walking out and stuff it's like that's I, what everybody's reaction is when they see this they're like oh, I know they're not gonna kill these characters for real I was sitting next to like maybe a teenage kid and he's just like in shock he's like oh my god oh my god I can't believe it's ending this way oh man. he was so engrossed in it and I'm just over there just snickering and I'm like oh man they're not gonna kill anybody off and like I, I, I inside of me when I saw Black Panther like disappear or die, I, I I snickered and laughed. I was like, "That this is so great! You you give the the number one Marvel movie and you kill the character off in Avengers, like uh-huh. bravo!" I'm waiting for all the SJWs to say this movie's racist because they killed off Black Panther. <laughs> it's gonna ha- it, It's going to happen. They're gonna be like, "Wait, why couldn't Wakanda defeat Thanos? That's racist." 
That's purple supremacy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, black people like to wear purple things, so like really Thanos is kind of black in a way. Thanos did look black, didn't he? I mean, he has that... It's sort of like how people say, like, Namekians look black. Like, he's got... Like, they're aliens, but they have, like, that bald head, like a... Like a... Well, like a wrapper or something. <laughs> yeah, their, their little um hat thing that they put on their head is just basically, like, a glorified um, do-rag. <laughs> like, Piccolo has this, like, turban thing on top of his head, but it's just really, like, their version of a do-rag. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, I think this is a good episode to go into like the long amount of closing remarks of stuff that's been going on. Maybe we should do like opening remarks <laughs> because we don't we don't know when Daft is going to show up. Okay. All right, let's go ahead and do opening remarks and maybe. All right. We're kind of talking about everything else but this movie because we're waiting for Daft to get on. And when he gets on, we'll just basically be like, okay, here's a quote from uh, Peter Fay. That's all he does. That's that's likely to happen. Alright. So, on my mind... Man. I think the biggest... Okay. Open remarks. First time I've ever done. So, the things on my mind is the fact that we're part of a podcast tournament bracket online that I discovered. <laughs> the AnimeBracket.com? Yes. And Everybody go vote, vote for us if it's even possible, because I couldn't even figure out if there's, like, a real site or not. You have to be a Reddit user, apparently, to, like, to to vote. Let me go check, because, like, I don't think, like, I don't know when the next round is. How did we even get on there? It's not like we applied to be a part of this bracket. No, I, I think someone got all these podcasts off of, like, a Player FM playlist, is my best bet. Because I know we're on Player of FM as, like, one, like if you Google search, like, best anime podcasts for, like, the first link in Player FM, and, then like, there's a playlist with our name on it. So someone put us on Player FM. Yeah. Oh, well, so, thank you, whoever did that. I've been up there like that for a while. Like, a few years. Um, I just know, as it stands, that the Anime Nostalgia Podcast, us... And Anime World Order are all on like on the one side of this like page, and we both, all three of us, made it to the next round. My my thing is, I ch- I put this challenge out to the Anime Nostalgia That's Podcast. That's one, two, three. That I want to destroy here completely in this, but I guess it doesn't really matter in the end. Hey, Daph, say something. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yes. I think my gain must have gotten messed up on my mic when I was transporting it. Yeah, I couldn't fit. So I checked that anime bracket site because I went to vote um, for all the other categories, and it wouldn't. Of let course. Me. So I think the bracket. Um, I think, and when I looked on the anime bracket site, it didn't allow me to vote, and I logged in with my Reddit account. I don't okay, know yeah. if a bracket's active anymore or not. I really want to find out because I want to make sure I vote for every podcast except this one. <laughs> uh, as I ex- expected you to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 I went on support... there and I couldn't vote that I don't have a Reddit account, so maybe that was why. But even if you logged in, you couldn't do it. Like Maybe it's a, a done deal like this bracket happened a while ago. Yeah, I don't know how old this thing is. Down due to the lack of interest. Maybe. It could be. I just know, like, I, I, I figured, like, doing social media, 
I, I guess I can just go ahead and say this now that uh, like I I quoted or, or tagged Anime World Order and Anime Nostalgia like in a tweet of like, hey, did you guys know about this? And neither one of those podcasts recognized that where they got their information from, which is from us. So if if you guys, anyone listening, knew about a bracket according to them, it all came from us because I'm the one that told them, and there's evidence to back that up. It would just be nice to be referenced and like you know where you got your sources from, instead of just claiming that you found it on your own and not giving any kind of mention to the people that you got the information from who were willing to give it to you out of the kindness of their heart. But you know this is just a silly bracket anyway, so what does it matter? Yeah, I think this is called like subtweeting, where you tweet about something that you saw from somebody else, and then the person who posted it originally. Uh, gets offended at not being uh, attributed. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think like if I if someone attributed it to us, I do respond. Like I'm like, oh, thank you for you know adding us in or letting me know about this. Shout outs to you. I'm a nice guy. I'm not a dick. <laughs> um, I will say this: there's uh, Anime Addicts Anonymous, which is another I guess top tier podcast. Never made it to the next round, so that's that's one over uh, we have on them. Uh, what podcast? The podcasts that have higher seed, uh, that are, that have a higher seed than, uh, uh, anime of yesteryear? Uh, alright, so Anime World Order is a seven seed. Where did I find that? Uh, anime oh, Addicts Anonymous was 18. Um, we're 30. And, uh, Anime Taku? Nostalgia is 38. Uh, Brotaku is the 19th seed. So just a reminder What's... that's higher than you. What is Nakaku oh. Diaries? No, Brotaku. Oh, no, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't see a Notaku Diaries. There's, there's no way that they died out year long ago. They'll never be forgotten, like nine eleven, which was an inside job. <laughs> you know, I've been listening to those old Cool, cool Kids Club episodes. Those are hysterical. I didn't realize that Toon Ruthless was a uh, inbred hick. He had such a <laughs> redneck, like a hick accent. He's like, because. <laughs> Daph was tra- trash talking on problem solvers. He's like, "Yo, that's a good show right there." <laughs> yeah, I think he's from Georgia, like Jay Coon. Oh, <laughs> tooth ruthless. That or was that was like I my nickname. This <laughs> show was terrible. Oh, I it was one or two. It was god awful. Yeah, he was like defending the animation, and there, but it there's was, no, like, there is no animation. Yeah. It's like the worst Flash animation. It was very distinct animation, I'll give it that. Oh, it's distinct, but, uh. (laughs) Distinct isn't terrible! (laughs) Distinct isn't instinct. Um. So, yeah, if anyone listening to this, please vote for us. That's all I gotta say. Please don't vote. Or, you know, you don't have to vote. Not voting is a choice, as I learned in the previous election. Yeah, but then, like, you don't have... I I always go by, like, if you don't vote, you don't have an opinion. That's just me. Like, you know, I can't... have an opinion about the best anime podcast isn't the correct answer, none of them. Anime World Order. If If you have to give it to one, I would say them. You know, there's a UN, U, there's a UNM Anime Club podcast. I think it's University of New Mexico. They made it to the next round. It's the only college podcast. I doubt they exist anymore. 
Oh. My, my anime this is like club had a podcast. Um, we never uploaded any of the episodes because we had to edit them for content reasons. No one ever got around to editing them. I may or may not have volunteered to edit them, and that's I believe you. I not. believe you did because you'd always like complain about how your voice sounded. Like how how do you how do you stay in editing, Dustin? Like, how, what makes you do what Agreed. you do? I genuinely do feel bad that you have to edit these podcasts and listen to not only my voice, but your voice as well. Oh, it's 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 a unique kind of hell, I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> voice is fine, Zionic. I will say, um, I will say this, uh, I went through Anime Boston, the episode is pretty much good to go. Um, I'll post okay. it up this week sometime. Um, I, I, li- I literally... like, do anything with, um... Like some of parts of Cloud's audio where where you can't tell what he's saying, like raise I, the volume or something. Um, I got rid of a lot of dead air, and okay. uh, I did take out some stuff because once again I couldn't hear anything half half the time, and then a bunch of like him like moving his phone around, which showed up in the podcast and it annoyed the crap out of me. And I was okay. like, oh dear God, they're, 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 yeah, I'm like, whatever. This is this is a this is a heck hole. This is a crap hole. Uh, I believe the president uses the term shithole. This is a uh, PG-13 podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You bring it back. In Avengers, can't you? I'm pretty sure that they, they say Was that. There, I think there might have been a one shit given or said in uh, Avengers, maybe. I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, well, you honestly, didn't used to be able to say that on TV, but you can say it like on Toonami now. So. That's true. But even though Toonami's late at night. Shoot, I had a ton more stuff that happened this past month that I wanted to mention. This was kind of the main thing. Um, okay. I mean, there was some shootings. Did we ever even, like, introduce ourselves? No. <laughs> How long have we been going? <laughs> like, uh, 16 anime minutes. Anime of yesteryear, the number 30 seed in the anime bracket for best anime podcast. Heck yeah! We we are the Cinderella team. We're gonna take it all, baby. That's what's right. up. Take what? What's the price for this bracket? I don't know. Respect we'll the king of the anime podcasts. King of anime podcasts. Uh, I don't know. I like to take out anime world order. That, government that, I assistance. Feel satisfied uh, by that. Government assistance dollars. That's one way of attributing welfare dollars. You just uh, yeah. have people fight over it with the anime podcast. That that's part of Trump's new welfare reform program. But how much? How much? Uh, wonder the amount of tax dollars that goes towards like Patreons for like buying like Sims porn mods or buying furry art. I wonder how much of that is paid by government dollars. You mean like it goes to people through disability and then they splurge it all on Patreons for like that guy with the glasses creators? I mean, I'm sure that is done by many autistic individuals. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to know those statistics. It's too sad. There was something on the news about like people that like... You know, they get their houses flooded and they pay all this money in flood insurance and they're not even getting the full amount that's supposed to be reimbursed because the other part of that money goes to law firms and lawyers to fight them in court against them. So then they basically keep part a good amount of their money. 
So, yes, the insurance, that's just like the insurance side of things and how just crooked that totally is. What, this is like people applying for money from FEMA or something? Yeah, it's related to FEMA. Like, they put in for, you know, flood insurance when their houses get flooded. And then, you know, like something happens, like, okay, we're, you know, we're going to get compensated for, you know, all this money we put in here. And then they don't because then they realize, like, two-thirds of their money is going to, like, attorneys and law and lawyers to fight them in court so they don't get the rest of their money that they've been paying in. That kind of stuff happened with, like, um, the 9-11 first responders, too, where they were trying yeah. to get, like, their money back for, like, inhaling all this smoke going into not the, the World Trade Center and stuff. And then, like, the, the government bureaucrats were, like, trying to litigate with them and, like, make sure they don't get what they owed for it. Yeah, which is Why would they up. get money when nothing happened? <laughs> right. They, they faked the smoke inhalation, and they, they, it happened when they were going to take the people underground, like Toon Ruthless said. <laughs> I keep thinking I'm going to hear that on these old recordings, and I, I guess you're right. I doubt. I guess that's not on any of the stuff that I have. Yeah, unfortunately, I do remember that it somehow was accidentally oh. edited out, which is very tragic because it was amazing. Oh, I love to hear that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I guess Tune Ruthless was kind of like a black redneck or something. Like, he must have listened to Alex Jones a lot and, like, really gotten into 9-11 conspiracy theories and, like, come up with his own version where the planes didn't really hit and the people were all evacuated to an underground base and hidden away for 10 years. <laughs> he had, it was, like, the craziest 9-11 truth or theory that I'd ever seen. <laughs> Reminder, you're listening to Anime of Yesteryear, the number 30 podcast on the best anime bracket. Um, bracket. This podcast is all about anime. That's why we haven't mentioned it yet. Yeah, <laughs> well, we probably won't for the duration. Well, we were doing, yeah, we we're doing opening remarks because we weren't sure when Daff was going to get on. All right, so Daff, you posted up a tasty thing of information from Anime Maru. Local anime convention, only 65% anime by volume. What is this about? Did the FTC go to an anime con? Oh, okay. Oh, never mind. Uru is the premier website for anime news, so um, I just figured I'd share this article from one of the most trusted sources in anime news. Okay. news, very dishonest. They're lying, I tell you. (laughs) They lie Um, like the Iran deal. Uh, I was at uh, Boston's uh, Japan Fest or Japan Festival yesterday. Um, actually, Cloud was there too, but I, our paths did not cross because I think I got there as he was leaving. But um, at one point oh. on the stage, they had a he cosplay was contest. A costume. You might have seen him yeah, at the oh, at costume one point... contest because he said he was cosplaying for it. Gee, um, I don't know if Cloud was at the cosplay death match, but. Um, <laughs> There was someone, uh, dressed up, like they brought, like, various video game characters and anime characters up. But then, uh, someone showed up as Black Cat from, uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> and, like, I was, uh, I was a little bit inebriated and I just w- talked to my friend. I was like, what, what is that? That's not, it. that's not Japan. Get it out of here. <laughs> and exclaim it loud enough for, others to hear, but I, I still I still thought that that was a little rude. Um, there is to... a Spider-Man manga and like a Spider-Man tokusatsu show, but the Black yes. Cat is not neither one. Because she was like created after those. 
Disney Phantom cosplayer for some reason. I'll share the picture of that because it was, it, it was like the, the best, like Danny Phantom cosplay I've seen, but also the worst at the same time. <laughs> Wait, you've seen like multiple like, Danny Phantom cosplayers? Uh, I've seen quite a few. A I saw, thing? I saw like four, I think, at, um, Anime Boston this year. Did you see any Amber's huh. Ghost Squad people there? From Embers, but not specifically from Embers Ghost Squad, but I believe I shouted um, Embers Ghost Squad at them, and they presumably had no idea what I was talking about, which is <laughs> certainly for the best. Yeah, no one needs to remember Andy's staircase. <laughs> People still make videos for him, by the way. I found uh-huh. that out recently. So his whole Embers Ghost Squad thing, part of that was uh, a series of audio recordings of... So I think people, so, like so it's autist or something. So it's autist just dissecting everything he said, and just, just continuing just to... the project. Oh my the god! But wait, what is the project? <laughs> but I never watched like the twenty-hour video that Zion downloaded because I didn't give a crap. Oh, I haven't even heard that thing either. So watched it like I think I've probably watched it five times in full by this point. It's fascinating. What? But what is? Like, what is it? So, the concept is, uh, so, in, so this gentleman believed that, um, if, when he died, he would be reincarnated as a ghost girl in the vein of Ember's Ghost Squad, or, or Ember from Danny Phantom. Which and is so a thing he made was, up, actually. Like, the character is real, but the Ghost Squad, I think, was just something he made up. Or was it part of the show? I don't even know. He made up. That and, like, the whole, the when much. you die, you get reincarnated as a um, as a hot anime ghost girl. <laughs> or hot ghost girl, I guess. And it would have to this live is, a pretty yeah, good life to make that happen. To gain the honor of Buddha or whoever does reincarnation. Just to be considered to be an anime girl. Oh, he did some Flash animation. Well, more so he commissioned people to do... Flash animations for him, uh, and also did uh, audio dramas. He, I think, like recorded stories as like people who were the ghosts. Like, I think people before they died and became mm-hmm. part of the Ghost Squad. So, but people still put out recordings for this. So, is this like how people um, like pretended to be? Uh characters from Sonic 2 and like sent audio recordings of that to Chris to try to influence him a few months back? It It's kind of... I, I'm trying to think like an equivalent. I guess it'd be the equivalent of like some some people like making Heaven's Gate propaganda tapes after Heaven's... after the Heaven's Gate people went on Haley's Comet and died. Or people drawing DJ Toon art for the DJ Toon drawing contest after Toon Radio is dead. <laughs> As, as never will die though. It's alive in our hearts. It's part of it's part of all of us. I, I think of Tune Radio every time I read comics. <laughs> it's music to read comics. Exactly. Perfect soundtrack. Whenever I pass by an eighteen wheeler on the highway, I just I just wonder what um if they're listening to the underdog theme song or if they're listening to um the the ugly Martians theme. <laughs> Oh, <clears throat> we got to talk about the biggest news that happened in April, and that is the f- the f- horrific fall of Channel Awesome. 
Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. I you guys can cover that more, because I, I have not read the 76-page document or whatever. I just know, like, the outline of it with, like, they found out Drew Wario, this guy that had killed himself, had been involved in uh, grooming teenagers, and then everybody uh, quit the website. No, but, so, like, you guys can do it into more detail. Okay, so, like, I know the, the information I know on it is anything that uh, Ishtar posted up in the chat in the past month, because, like, he's, like, right, he heavily involved in this. And letting us know. So, like, I usually kept... I did pretty good to keep up with that. And, um, Yeah, he was reading, like, the QE Farms thread yeah. on it. Well, the thing was, there was a, there was a Google Doc. Um, <clears throat> there was a, originally, the Google Doc came out with everyone's story, like, including, like, past contributors. There was also yeah. a, like, a fandom complaint log about people, like, that met the Walkers in person and how they acted to them. And that apparently didn't survive. Um... But there was, like, people kept adding to it, and I guess someone, whoever made the the Google Doc, wound up just getting rid of that. Because, uh, I mean, I all this is, like, under basis, like, you know, people are just naysaying. There's no physical proof. It's just kind of like, you know, Doug was mean, or um, Doug's brother was mean to me and acted like a jerk, or they acted really uh-huh. weird to me at a con once, or something stupid, or, like, how they treated him as, like, you know, other contributors, or, like, they're starting out on, on Channel Awesome, and, you know, it's basically Channel Awesome was, like, they had their favorites, and if you weren't their favorites, they, they they couldn't care less about you. And I saw something like there was some black guy that's in like the Screen Actors Guild that's being paid a lot by uh, the by Walkers. Doug. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember his name because I don't really like watch the Nostalgia Critic much to yeah. even know who this guy is. But uh, like, I the guess he's supporting the key. The key takeaways from this are is that the management at Channel Awesome was hilariously inept. Uh, the contributors, uh-huh. former contributors, were fairly idiotic to agree to stay on the site or stayed yeah. on way long beyond where they probably were getting any benefit. Yeah, like... Walker made, made a video... The Doug Walker made a video in tribute to a guy that he most likely knew sexually assaulted people while he was uh, employed, employed being in quotation since none of the contributors never really got paid awesome. for anything. It was supposed to be yeah. like the blip TV revenue or, ad, or ads or whatever. It was supposed to be like some of the, how, how, they, how they got mostly got paid that way, if that. But they're paid an experience, quote, air quotes. Or an exposure, I think, was the term, yeah. That too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know how much money the Nostalgia Critic has made off of that website over the years. Wasn't it I mean, quoted the, that he the, made, the like, New half a million article, one year? The New York Times article in 2010 said that they made up to, like, 100, 150K. And that oh, was yeah. pretty early That's, on. Wow. But, I mean, is he as popular as he was back then? I mean, even before this scandal broke, like, was he as popular as he was in the early 2010s? There's no way. Honestly, there's... He has a lot of viewers still. He still has... I think he still has over a million subscribers on on YouTube, right? The... the, um, They have gone... He doesn't lose as many subscribers as he was earlier in the month, but... Yeah, he's still over a million subscribers, and they went to YouTube pretty late since they stayed on yeah. the flip train as long as they could. Yeah, I mean, there there were uh, illegal um, uploads of Nostalgia Critic episodes on there um, in the late 2000s, but like there was no official channel until 
I don't know, probably some point in the 2010s. Uh, I don't know when Blip died, but they went back to YouTube uh, along with Godomat at Yahoo.com, who was doing only Blip videos for a while. Hmm. Looks like this channel was created in 2014. Okay, wow, yeah. I mean, YouTube had been around for almost 10 years at that point. So it is amazing that they had never attempted to really monetize themselves on YouTube. But Pete gave them more money. That yeah. Was so I want to mention something on the Juario thing was the fact that, like, there's been on how, like, these past contributors have handled the information. So there was, like, one story where it was secondhand information to a guy that knew Justin Carmike. Where basically there was this is an un, a person that doesn't want to be known, and she apparently was drunk, and Justin uh, Justin tried to persuade to get her in the hotel room, um, and while she was trying to go up there to go to sleep, and then she wound up going in there, tripped over a table and passed out, and according to her words through his, through what he said, she woke up basically naked. He was sitting naked on the bed, and he's over there basically fingering her, and. <laughs> and then he's trying to persuade that it's like okay what he's doing. Uh, Zionic, you may need Zionic. I think you may need to explain that term to the listener, since I presume they have never done that act nor ever will in their lifetime. <laughs> Wait, which which part the the intruding in being naked with a woman in a hotel room you have no consent with, or the finger the finger banging part? <laughs> No, I guess it's probably both. Well, I could see the former happening more so than the latter, but I was referring more to the latter. Oh, you're basically getting your fingers and sticking up a woman's vagina. Cooter, trap. So. I don't know if it was a trap or not. I'm pretty sure it was a woman. Well, he trapped her. (laughs) Uh, It's still like, it's still like a really messed up story. And then supposedly like, other things have been said about like uh, like this guy went on about how it was uh, the, the lady that did HR for Channel Awesome. They the higher ups knew about him, and somebody mentioned like how he left a, a hat in someone's hotel room, and she goes up there and sees it, and they're like, "Where'd you get this hat from?" And there or like this plushie or something that he was carrying at a con, or like, "Oh, that's Justin's." And the first things out of this out of her mouth was, "Oh no, not again!" Like that's just terrible. <laughs> Yeah, it like it, it's a really tough situation because yes. there are things that play there where since they had they consulted a lawyer what, regarding some of that stuff, so like if they don't have definitive proof, can they? Do Wario could have sued them for like defamation well, or something if they didn't have, have evidence, and also the victims didn't want to say anything. But you think like you. You can talk to people on the grapevine or on the down low being like, hey, this guy is really messed up. Don't book him. Yes. No. But I, who knows how long this went on for? I imagine for quite a few years. Um, and who knows how many, pe- and who knows how many people? 2011 or 2012? Well, the story, it, this is apparently the story that I'm telling you about happened at MAGFest, I think like 2013, according to this guy's account. I can't think of his name right now. But um, what's interesting is, you know, that story comes out. All this stuff is starting to come out about Justin. And the reason why Justin's name got leaked was the fact that <laughs> Channel Awesome, <laughs> instead of doing a form of apology, which is something they'll never do and ever in their lives because they don't, Mike Michaud doesn't know what, doesn't know how to apologize or admit fault, decided to post up chat logs to prove they are not bad guys. 
to prove that everyone that's like you know going against them, like no, here's what really went down. These people are at fault. It's not our fault that they hate us. And in a chat log, dude, attempt to censor someone's name. They censored out <clears throat> Justin's first name, and people like were able to kind of pinpoint like the the typesetting and how some of the characters leaked over the censor bar, and then they related that towards the date of that chat log of the screenshot to when he got fired, and then things started unraveling from there. So really, the whole blame on this is on Mike Michaud yeah. completely. And that's just so funny. So now everyone that is, now everyone's being attacked by these, I don't know, they're attacked by people that just like, you know, they're attacking like Justin Carmike's uh, widow, which maybe she knew or maybe she didn't know. I would imagine she probably didn't know anything about this. And the understanding was that um, the um, one of the victims stories that got posted, um, the HR person, the former HR person for Channel Awesome spoke with the widow and apparently the widow said, based off one of the one of the last conversations I had with Juario, that story seems like it could have been I, I believe that person. Gotcha. Yeah, but well it's th- more likely to be accurate than not. But here's here's the thing, like so there's ex contributor contributors that have sort of chimed in on this also, including Mars Girl and Phoebus or whatever. So Phoebus had a cameo with Justin Carmike, and apparently there's a leaked video out there of the old review that he had as a cameo with Justin Carmike to talk about some game or whatever. And so Phoebeus felt like it, or no, it was a movie, and Phoebeus felt it was necessary to edit him out completely and try to re-edit the story like he didn't exist. And he felt, and everyone, of course, is praising him for cha- altering history that way. And... <laughs> The other side of this, really, hold on, hold on. History, if no one, if like no one involved, yeah, no one really remembered except you. I mean, like n- nobody really remembered this video until this guy brought it up, and probably no one would have recognized it at all. So that's one side of it. The other side is the fact that Mars Girl came out, and she's all like, you know, I didn't know anything of this happened. I feel really bad, but her thing is like, look. We did a movie thing, we had it funded, we did a lot of hard work on whatever it was they worked on, and she's like, I'm not going to take that down, I'm not going to censor it, because I feel like that's discrediting the work from the other people that worked on it as well, which I have to commend her on that. Like, she's like, yeah, I know this is, like, I feel bad, I can't look at Justin the same way, but I want the work to stay, like, unaltered. Uh, for the time being, it's probably going to stay that way now, and she's like, you know, like, I'm, I feel that's the right thing to do. So you have, you know, two different people that are handling this in their own way. I personally think, you know, if you had Justin Carmichael in your videos, like, you know, it, it's in the past, it's over, so what? But well, what kind of Orwellian precedent is this setting, too? Because you have the, there are so many people that have been accused of things like this in recent years. Well, recent months, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Are we going to, like, start editing out all these actors that have been accused in the Me Too movement uh, from from their movies and, like, putting out, uh, you know, versions of the movies where, like, it's incomprehensible because all the actors are missing now, you know? That's so, how so active productions. Wait, wait, like, wait. There's so... a movie that Kevin Spacey was in. It was, like, and the movie hadn't come out yet, and then all the stuff came out with him, and then he ended up getting replaced <clears throat> last minute by Christopher Plummer and getting nominated for an Oscar. But ultimately, Jeez. I feel like that both Phaelus and Mars Girl, both of their like responses is just alternative ways to get for them to get clicks. 
yeah. necessarily saying that they did, but that either of them had that kind of intention in mind necessarily or as a top priority. But at the end of the day, that just generates hits for a video that, pro- that as Yannick said, no one probably fucking remembers or would have really watched again. Yeah. Everybody is trying to virtue signal off of this situation to try to like distance themselves from somebody, even if they didn't know what they had done. I mean, there's no way this. Well, this guy who edited him out of the video, like he he apparently didn't even know about this at the time. So, like, why is he acting like he had something that he has to hide now? You know, like tried to edit yeah. something out of his video when he didn't know. Like every detail of this guy's sex life. Because I, I kind of feel like if you're editing him out of your video, like you knew beforehand, and now, oh no, I don't want to be associated, I'm just going to alter this. Whereas, like, you know, like if he just left it alone, like, look, at the time, I didn't know. I thought he was a pretty good guy. And I think in some, like, he's got his hidden demons, he's got his, he's got his things he's, he had, he should have worked on. And, but at the time, like, this is who he was to me, and he was a really good guy. Like, I don't know, it just feels funny if you take him out like you're, you're doing something, like, worthwhile. Like, I mean, I, I've joked about this, too, like, when uh, when we had Steve on our old podcast. Like, I could take him out of every episode if I wanted to, and that w- there would be nothing of value lost. But I don't want to go through the trouble of going through all that, because that's altering history in a way. And I just, like, it's not that big of a deal to me. Like, even if something did come up with, with Steve, which I... Who, who knows? I, I don't. I'm not part of his life anymore, and that's fine. But you know, I, I still wouldn't like want to go back and and do that. I have other things in life to worry about than trying to alter someone out of like content that may or may not have been listened to a, a lot of people. So, <laughs> so what does it matter? Right. Nobody cares um, about who is on the Cybernauts cast or whatever. I mean, we can't even edit that because. Like, we gave that podcast tour to Steve, you know? Wait, how, how, no, 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 Daft, you're going to explain yourself and why I'm a scorned lover. It's just, just the way you sound like. It's like, oh, I'm not in his, I'm not in his life anymore, and, you know. <laughs> it's, it's okay, it's okay, Zianic, you know, those things kind of happen, you know? You just, you just move on, and... Well, right. I was fine until you brought that up, thanks... He made it sound that and no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Whatever. <clears throat> I don't even think um I don't think Steve's angry at me anymore. And I'm he doesn't gonna... talk about you anymore. Well he, it's not negative anymore He's either. Dead. Like he he was he was pissed at me. I, I for a while I, I even though I'm not sure exactly what I remember what I told him. But I can't remember what set us off. I can't even remember the argument. I think it had something to do with Twitter or something. And um, there was falls that in the thing woods and the... no one's there to hear it. Does it matter? There was that Kickstarter thing with the bubblegum crisis, and that got him angry. I guess that yeah. was. I guess that was it. Yeah, I think that might have been it. I can't. It's been so long. And, and also that we like ruined his interview by uh, inviting Daph and Ty. <laughs> I've still got the recording on my computer. I, I just, I, I don't know. That's 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 for a, uh, a a rainy day. I'll just say. Wait, has the uncut version of that episode never been released? No, it's never been released. I've never even I didn't even bother to edit or put ever put it out. There's no point. But all okay, the listeners are clamoring for that one. There was that edited um, episode that we that we did where um, it was like Steve was yelling at CG. 
about something. Oh, that was long. that was a uh, battle royale high school. That was I saved that towards the end, and I do regret doing that. Well, we we like, we but we were pissed at CG first, at the time we? because he was with like that tweaker pedophile dude or whatever. But I, I think yeah. that was it. I don't. Even, that was so long ago. I don't think either person was. I think both people, both parties were feeding the troll, and by troll, I mean the other party and also us. Um, but obviously, uh, Steve's more vile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that, like, CG, I think he was, like, telling us about how Tweaker was, like, on the run from the feds. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Steve, like, he just lost it on him. And, uh, <laughs> and then we put it up on Tune Radio because it was so funny on the Tune Radio website. Yeah, CG I, I, like CG like recruited uh, Sketch to go on the comments section. On yeah, and Sketch left like that nasty of, comment. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, how like horrible we are. Thread between like Sketch and <laughs> and us about like whether we should have uploaded it or not. And then yeah, I think you eventually edited it out and re-uploaded it or something. I think I edited. I, it. I don't even remember anymore, but. I assume you guys just upload that as a public service so all of the 10,000 truckers, while they're doing their routes, they could see if they could find Tweaker and bring him to justice. There you go. Yeah, just Put like a, look uh, like APB a guy on that. costume running down the side of the road. <laughs> That's a reminder. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. <laughs> Gotta go faster, faster, faster. <laughs> animated yesteryear, the number 30 uh, seated podcast for best anime podcast that has... Um, had people who on who shut up (laughs) you've already stated that (laughs) who cares that's under cybernauts which you said was now with steve so i guess it's technically different no that was cool kids club that was six years ago how about that jeez yeah, that was uh, like the late Cool Kids Club when we first started having Steve on. Yeah, I, I've apologized for that several times and adding, adding him on. That was definitely my mistake. But look at it this way: we wouldn't have anything good, like funny, to talk about if we didn't have Steve on. It's a double edge. It is a double edged sword. We, yeah, we wouldn't have all these funny anecdotes about like the. Uh, the government cutting down a, a tree that was on his property, and then him like becoming incredibly irate about it, <laughs> or uh, yelling "sick Kyle" in a podcast that Josh told us about, uh-huh. um, or telling someone to to not yell in their microphone and swear because they have kids in the room, and he's just like, "Oh, well," I, I was like, "Turn your mic down, Steve." He's like, "No, my mic is fine." I'm like, "If your mic's fine, your kid's not gonna hear you, idiot!" Like. <laughs> You remember that time when we were broadcasting with without headphones? Yeah, I, I even I made fun of him on this episode. I was like, "Do you have it like out? Like you're a DJ or something? Like we're like part of the speaker is cu- getting out? Like turn the volume down? <laughs> like what the heck? To the microphone anyway? What? Not just bleed. Wouldn't like the speaker bleed into the microphone anyway? So you'd get feedback from that? I don't know. Yeah. I didn't hear d- Did feedback not use on headphones. Him. I don't know how headphones work, no. Anyways, John was saying something, I don't, I don't even know what it was. Oh, I was going to bring up another Steve incident. Um, I forget what it was, though. We haven't talked about Steve <laughs> in like five years, so I think it's okay to do it like for the next five minutes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, there was that... On your podcast, I feel like that's a bad thing. There there was that one where he kept yelling at somebody about, like, their microphone wasn't good enough. And he kept saying, like, didn't I tell you to get a new microphone? Like, like they were going to, like, go out and buy one in the middle of the recording. I don't remember that, but I do remember when uh, we had Amanda on... And, oh, that was the other one I was going to yeah. Yeah, and he's just like, if she was, if I had her work under me, she'd be fired already. It's just so unprofessional. I was like, take on, it's just a podcast recording. We all show up late anyways. Yeah, she was like a few minutes late. She had a brother over had... and like, she had company over. I was like, yeah. no, I mean, that's excuse. Yeah, recorded with us. Yeah. No, that was the episode of, um, oh, that was, like, mystery, the no, the mystery girlfriend next episode, that was it. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. The spit show. Anime. I don't even think that. I don't even have that listed on our uh, MVU index. Podcast. What did you say, that? I get a girl to agree to go on your podcast. I'm disturbed by that. Oh, we've had we've had several. Well, yeah, like three or more. We have more shocking. than three. I didn't. I didn't know either of you talked to girls. That's that's good for you guys. Uh-huh. You jackass. <laughs> Hey, did we have a subject for this episode? Wait, this episode? Yeah. Uh, Avengers? <laughs> hmm. Hey, welcome, again, you, welcome to Anime of Yesteryear, running for uh, Best Anime. Shut podcast. up, damn, I swear! <laughs> Let's talk about the new Marvel movie. Okay, don't say numbers anymore, it. You're such an accounting autist, okay. Did you even say number 30 this time? <laughs> I I did. <laughs> Okay, you did. Probably yeah, in between my it. yelling of shut up. Right, so, shut Avengers up. Infinity War is the 19th movie from Marvel's, stu- from, uh, as part of a Marvel Cinematic Universe and came out in 2018. You know, like this past uh, weekend, a, 2018. Approximately a million people die in it. <laughs> well, hang on. We, oh, it's count- it's- Wasn't it like 3.5 billion people? Because it's half the population of Earth. People who matter. No, like this is accounting like half the population across the entire universe. I thought so. It's got it's way more than just three point five billion. I oh, is is it the whole universe? Okay, that was the way I took it with the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, because well, that was his ultimate uh, goal. Like freaking Gamora said that. Organisms too. Like wouldn't that would that include like monkeys and and like tigers and stuff? So like I, I'd imagine. Like, I I don't amount of people died. Ayo. Well. That, that, okay, it wasn't co- that. What part wasn't covered in the movie, like regarding it that affects animals? But like, it well, seems they like it, the Wakandans dying. That's true. <laughs> Are you trying to make a, a joke about how they're related to monkeys, the Wakandans? Yeah, it's just a racist. Okay, it was, it was a fun, <laughs> time, fun a and time. cheek racial joke. And this is this is I'm a good slow. time for Daft's corner. I came up with a with a fun and interesting theory. Okay. So um so the Wakandans keep themselves like separated from everyone else, right? Yeah, you yes. could say so, that. They're like this like they close themselves off from the rest of like like years like years and years and years ago. But so what I but what I'm curious about is what I assume is where did black people come from? And so my guess is, is that like if you were a prisoner or just like if you like did something terrible in Wakanda, the Wakandans would kick you out of Wakanda and you'd just be like in like not like in on Earth and not in Wakanda. 
But um, Wakanda is like um, exiled their prisoners to Australia. Wakanda exiled their prisoners to like Africa, the Africa. Africa. Earth. So essentially, I, I um, there's a scene where Black Panther interacts with War Machine, and he kind of gave them a look, a look, and that was and that was where I came up with that thought thought process. Discuss. So, so wait, you're saying that all black people come from Wakanda at one point? Well, I, I'm saying that they're like their um, ancestors were ex like derelicts or ex prisoners of Wakanda. So Wakanda is like the original race of black people, and then the other black people are a splinter group from the Wakandans that were exiled from there. They're they're, they're outcasts of of Wakandans. They're inferior, so it's like how like the British sent their prisoners to Australia. Yeah, I I just took it as like, well, I I guess they explain that history like in Black Panther on like how the meteor struck and they built that whole civilization around it. So like, wouldn't all the like the people in Africa gather around that, and that's your Wakandan, um, uh, basically your tribe. So then, like you know, if you are outcast, then you're just spread across the corner of a- corners of Africa. So that would kind of make sense in theory. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That, that bird. <laughs> um. Shut up. <laughs> That's the sound of Wakanda. Um, yeah, I I don't really have anything, yeah, I don't have, first of all, I don't have anything negative on, uh, Infinity War to say, um, I actually really like this movie, I felt like it was kind of just, like, some area, like, uh, you know, dadgum, that stupid bird is messing my train of thought. (laughs) Shut up! Yeah, I I agree, It it was pretty good, um... Thank you. The, the whole, the whole thing was pretty much consistently um, interesting, and I mean, you have so much going on, so many different characters, and it's a culmination of, of so many different movies. And uh, th- th- this is like the product of ten years of, of effort here, building up to this, and somehow they managed to make it pay off, which is an accomplishment. I, unlike Ultron, a lot of the char- like, I'd say the vast majority of the characters featured actually had something to do. Like, I can remember, like, what Groot's role was in this movie. Like, yeah, oh, and yeah, I can teenage remember like, what Winter Soldier did and things like that. It wasn't just like, as we're here. <laughs> I, dang oh, gummit, I was gonna say something. <laughs> Thought bird. No, I actually was... Fah! I kept thinking about that stupid bird calling. <laughs> the, there were some things in there that were not really um, fully explained, like why the Hulk doesn't want to fight, which was kind of weird. But I'm sure that will be delved into it in the next Avengers movie. I think my theory uh, on that is the fact that Hulk had his little butt handed to him from Thanos and doesn't want to face Thanos because he's scared. So I think that's why uh, he couldn't bring Hulk out to fight, because Hulk is basically uh, like, "Wow, I got my butt! Like I literally got my butt kicked. 
I I'm I, I can't do this. The Hulk is like afraid. Just think now. the Hulk has performance anxiety. That too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's never been like the case before. Usually, the Hulk wants to to get out there and start smashing stuff. And yeah, but maybe he's like sick of it. This is skipping ahead a little bit, but this actually ties into uh, one of the uh, tangents I wanted to discuss. So um, before I um, I saw the movie on Sunday, but the day before, a uh, Funko Pop came out that would tied into the movie. Uh, and it featured a uh, Hulk uh, busting out of the uh, a Hulkbuster armor, and so I purchased the pop on on Saturday, thinking it would be sold out by the time I actually saw the movie. And it also looked really cool. Yeah. And so I sit, go to a theater on Sunday, watch a two and a half hour movie. What doesn't happen in the movie? The Hulk <laughs> coming out of the Hulkbuster. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious if Funko got like an early cut or early script of the movie where this actually happened, and they. By the time Marvel changed their mind to not do it, the like all the figures were already printed, or if this is going to happen in the next Avengers movie, or I don't know what. I would imagine it would have to happen in the next Avengers movie. Now, I mean, because the only, I mean, like basically, Hulk's alter ego is like that's all, that's his way to fight is in the Hulkbuster now. Well, they had like the Hulk. Buster arm get torn off at one point, and the Hulk is kind of like transforming back and forth into the Hulk while that's going on. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's like this is just like kind of a you know artistic representation of that, even though it, this scene is not like literally in there, but it's close enough. Yeah, it's just interesting that this like I presumably Funko wouldn't have made it if they didn't think it was actually going to happen in the movie. So, um, my friend is going, my friend who bought one is already probably plan- said he was already planning on flipping it. I'm probably going to keep mine just because I think it looks cool anyway. No, it's, it's a cool, it's, for a pop figure, it does look pretty cool. Um, I might as well just keep it. I mean, for, yeah, it's, it's, it goes outside of the normal mold of how they look. They usually are just kind Hulk of standing there. So, and I don't think they have, I think they only have one Hulk pop that is like, larger than the normal ones and that's based off like the first cover where it's like where it's white instead of green yeah the original Grey Hulk from the 60s yeah interesting I didn't know they made one of that and that was a subscription box exclusive Hmm. they've made so many of these things I can't even begin to keep track oh it's I think there's over a thousand Marvel Funkos now oh my god how many like overall uh I don't even, I don't even want to know. It's probably a disgusting amount. It, it's prob, I could see it being over 10. Over, over 9,000? That's a safe guess. Alright, I gotta, to I gotta reward you with your awful reference. I got a, uh, a proposition for you guys. So, of all the people that died in this movie, who would you not want to come back? Uh, I don't want Spider-Man to come back just because that would probably make all the Sony executives commit suicide on the spot. <laughs> we gave our golden goose to Marvel, um, or we lent our golden goose to Marvel. I, I'm just like, I love imagining the like meeting that Kevin Feige or Bob Iger had with the Sony executives who were like, yeah, so like that, that character that you lent us that like have to let us use, but you did out of your, 
nice heart and also because you knew you would fuck up using the character if we weren't involved. Yeah, we're just going to kill him off for a year. Or kill him off for at least a year. They should just do it forever, you're right. That would be hilarious. And then Sony has to just rely on Venom. <clears throat> yeah, we're going we're gonna to put Miles Morales in. <laughs> Um, I was, yeah, they're, they're like, oh, you know, Black Panther did well, so let's put the gay black Spider-Man in a movie. Gay black Mexican Spider-Man. <laughs> He's the main Spider-Man in the animated one that's coming out this fall. That's that's true. The, the, there is an animated movie that they could do with him. Yeah, but it's like a different dimensions of Spider-Man like in one universe or something, is the way I take it. Uh, yeah, that's... All right. Wait, can I before we get further, can I throw in my vote of who I do not want to come back? Okay. Loki. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Black Panther. Because <laughs> of what you were saying before Dafco. Xeonic, <laughs> <laughs> is, is that just because the t- uh, that would make all the Tumblrites sad? Yes, Fangirl sad, yeah. I, I I've never ca- I've never cared for Loki's character ever. I just I think it'd be swift justice to not see him come back. Like, yeah, I want Gamora to come back because, you know, there's a love interest for Star Lord, and you know that's that we need more hot chicks in Avengers. So that's that's one more. And uh, you're so you're allowed to have your fat interest, but Tumblr isn't. Yes, that's what the number thirty podcast dictates. Does what does God think about masturbating to green people? Is that allowed? Look, if you can breed with them. I think it's okay. It's established that you can. There's nothing that. in the Bible condemning it. I mean, there's nothing in the Bible in that says you can't fat the green people. I mean, in universe that they can breed, but uh, also that, I guess. Look, there's, uh, uh, there are 1,388 Marvel Funko Pops. Or different Marvel oh. Funko Pops. Wow. There's some son of a bitch that has every one of them, you know? Like, that's, that's, a, that's gotta be a thing. I, I like how your label for the guy that has every single one of these is labeled to you as a son of a bitch. Well, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he? Just like, the, just like the one guy that collected all the beanie babies back in the day. And then they got the one guy collecting every Funko Pop out there that's like, I'm going to turn these and flip them and they're going to be worth tons of money in 50 years. Like, yeah, good luck with that. Well, probably, actually. You never know. The sad part is, is they, they probably will be. I think these are going to fare better than, than Beanie Babies. Well, that being said, I did look on eBay under sold listings for Beanie Babies recently, and there were listings that went for four digits. There that, are some that are actually That is probably. impressive. Okay. I don't know which ones, but I mean, back in, the, back in the 90s, like, you could go to, um, you know, like a collector's mall or something, and there would be some, like, in the, in a case that would be, I, I guess, like, limited release runs and stuff that, that yeah. cost a lot. That was, that was something that the marketing imploded on itself, and it's, like, historical and, like, okay, if there's ever, like, a thing to, um, you know, what not to do when we come out with something to, for collectibles. We follow the Beanie Babies toy line because we don't want to follow in that because that market completely imploded on itself. But then now you got stuff that's like people really are still collecting them. Which well, is just does surprising Beanie Babies me. still exist? I thought, it, I thought it did. I thought they died Dude, out at the beginning of the 2000s. The Beanie Babies are IP tied. Like, you can get like Mickey Mouse Beanie Babies or like Garfield Beanie Babies. 
Yeah, they still exist. I, it, it looks like they went under for like one year in like 99, 2000, and all then like they came back immediately. They, well, they all, they, all the Beanie Babies were retired in 99 to try and boost their value in the secondary market, but it failed tremendously. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, what's the point of doing that? Like, you're not going to get a cut out of the people who are reselling used ones. Want to buy your new ones that come out because they released a bunch the following year. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that was like, I, I'm pretty sure I was buying them like in the late 90s. And I'm not sure I was even aware, like as a kid, that they were briefly retired. <laughs> Because it was hard for me to get uh, the the sea otter one, and I really wanted that as a kid. I'm reading. I'm reading this article about the the man who was screaming about God after the Avengers credits started. Wait, is this what Josh posted? Uh, It's what's posted. Yes. Okay. Yeah, some girl, some girl, his Vinny's experience from hell. (laughs) Like, some girl fainted when a guy stood up and started talking about, like, God, like, as the credits were rolling, with a quote saying, if you were to die tonight, would your passage to heaven be guaranteed? I, I think that kind of goes well with the theme of how this movie happened. So I what some some guy like some religious guy was freaking out about the movie or something. Um, I guess he took it as a sign of like, what if you were to just vanish and disappear and die? Would you go to heaven? And okay. then just kind of cast it across the entire movie theater. So then everyone thought he was going to shoot up the place. And oh, that that's just that's pretty that's interesting. Well, he the t- I didn't read the article, but like the subtitle on Slack that shows up automatically. Is, is comparing it to the Batman shooting, so people are like nervous because of because of that. Yeah, you know? but uh, you know, it, it it's probably just one nutty guy, you know, not gonna do anything. No, he's an actually. He said he's a it's a minister at Truth and Triumph Ministries somewhere in San Bernardino. Well, Josh called the, the scene at the end where they all die, the rapture. It is kind of, it is kind of like the rapture too. I, I like, yeah, that's, there's context to that. I can see that. Which, I guess we can get back, like, I like to mention something about how, like, the, the setting for this movie, in terms of, um, how things are done, how Thanos handles the problem with population, where basically it's like, it's, he has a, um, a way to do basically population control, but it's not based on, like, any kind of discrimination against, like, one race or, you know, wealth discrimination or anything. It's just like, I select people at random, there's half your population, I select whoever, and I massacre them all, so then the other half can prosper. So what in this Thanos one, what does the- is, you put the fluoride in the water, and what you need to do to stop Thanos from getting you is, you buy my filters. My filters. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the thing is, like, in a systematic way to, for population control, like, I, like, I'm just gonna say this, and this doesn't mean I agree with it, mm-hmm. but like it, in order to like have a population control, like you do, like there has to be some sort of like cleansing of the population in some way. And the thing is, like he's doing it for the good of all the universe, and I get that. At the same time, when you take out people at will, 
you're showing like how there's no value to their life, basically as individuals, because he doesn't see because Thanos doesn't see it that way. So like yes, I like I understand his reasoning as to why, like being systematic and like this is what you know we have a, you know these people that are there's overpopulation they're starving themselves. But if I get rid of half of them, then the other half can survive, and I'm, and I'm keeping the species alive that much longer until it happens. It needs to happen again. But at the same time, it's kind of like he's put that pedestal of him being God himself to be in charge of that, and really just like devaluing like the rest of the people. So it, it's it's a double edged sword there, and I don't I, I don't I'm saying this because I don't agree with Thanos's ideas, but I like I understand like. Where, like his reasoning why he's doing what he's doing, but at the same time when you when you agree to that, you're basically agreeing that like human like any life has no value or meaning, but I mean people do die off there is some population control like in terms of like floods that happen I mean there's sort of like a reason to it I mean no one wants to talk about it, but that's kind of what it is, and yeah it, it does suck when people die but I mean, at the same time, you're, there's, you know, like, you know, with the less people there is, more food. And that does make sense, but, again, you're devaluing the value of a, of a person that way. Yeah, so what Thanos uh, could have done instead, he could have used the Infinity Gauntlet to make unlimited resources, or he could have made it so the population didn't need as much resources, or, like, in all, everyone happy and, like, com- coerce people to share the land or whatever without conflict. But instead, he just wipes out like half of everyone because I guess I don't know why he settled on that thought process. I, I It seems like he's not they really... a lot of the, from the comics where he had okay. like this, this thing with the, the character of death, which is like a, there's like a physical manifestation of death in the comics that he's in love with. And he thinks, like, if he kills off half of humanity, that will bring them together or something like that. And that's, like, completely absent here. So instead, he's just, like, an environmental crusader or something who's, like, upset that there's not enough resources for people or whatever he's supposed to be. My thing is, like, can he use the Infinity Gauntlet to create unlimited resources? I I guess there is a way to do it because he's got got a way to change... I see that movie didn't explain that to me, so then there was no way I could have thought of it that way. He yeah. can like I mean, alter, I, I, he can reverse time, alt like he can basically turn people into like um, slinkies and or and Swiss cheese. Like, does it only affect people, bubbles. or can it like affect like terrain or in the environment or it, plant he made life? The guns, he made the guns well, shoot bubbles. He made um, he like destroyed a whole like moon and started. Room. When they're in the collector's room, he like co- he makes it seem like that the collector's museum is still fine, but then he actually had destroyed it. Yeah, well, he, th- and but, then there was like when they're fighting on that alien planet, he like destroys a moon and like starts sending like the rocks down on. I thought for sure he was gonna take the entire moon and crash it on Tony Stark. Like that would have been awesome. But at the same yeah. time, it would have destroyed like all of them. But that would have been really awesome. They should have done that. I know they should have done that. And then but somehow, like Tony Stark survives. Yeah, that's literal plot armor in the form of his armored suit. 
Uh, I gotta you, say you notice? You, did you guys notice? Did you guys notice like the fact that the people that are alive are the original Avengers? Because yes. it's Hulk, Iron Man, uh, Captain America, and Black Widow. Black Widow. Oh wait, I said. Wait, did I say Hulk? No, I said, said Thor, Hulk, Hulk you Captain said America, Hulk, and Iron Man. Combination of Thor and Hulk. Thork, Hulk. Maybe it was uh, just maybe. combined by like the connection, but yeah, it sounds that's, like that's a two-in-one package. Yeah, like it's so like that's that's the original four right there. So that makes sense. Like Thor and Hulk become Thulk. Thulk. They should just merge together and fusion become Thulk. They should. Just this green guy with long yellow hair and a helmet with a hammer. Yeah, that that has to happen. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, do we want to talk about the uh, the post credit scene where basically it's a lead up for what is it, Captain Marvel? Okay. Sure. Yeah. They have like uh, finally Nick Fury is back after I don't know how many years, and he's driving around, and then uh, him and his friend disappear, but he manages to like send off some message and it shows the Captain Marvel logo. So it's yeah. like, supposed to be the lead into the next movie. But then the next one, well, I guess is Ant-Man and the Wasp, but then after that is Captain Marvel, which is supposed to be set in the 90s. So um, I don't even know how that's going to relate to this. Uh, I guess she's just going to show up in Avengers 4 and they're going to like give a backstory on her first with her own prequel. Yeah, because the way my friend told it to me was that the Captain Marvel movie is coming out, then it's going to be Avengers, so there has to be that tie-in there. And I guess Captain yeah. I guess Captain Marvel is the only one that can take out Thanos. What's also so what's also really interesting is is that the Captain Marvel movie is apparently set in the nineties. Yeah, and so it has characters in it like Phil Coulson from Agents of Shield and uh, the first Avengers movie is supposed to be in it, but he uh is dying on the Agents of Shield TV show and so a lot of people think he's not going to live past the last episode of this season, but they're still going to have the the characters still be appearing in the movies because they make like movies set in the past and stuff. So maybe that'll be his last appearance in that in that movie after the show ends, assuming that this is the last season of the show because it gets shit ratings. <laughs> well, here's my question, and so I've read a little bit of Captain Marvel. Um... I think I read like part of like the post secret invasion run in like the mid late 2000s. Okay. And from what I read of that, I don't understand how Captain Marvel would translate to being able to beat Thanos. So I looked up Captain Marvel earlier and there's there's 10 different series that they've published from just from Marvel with Captain Marvel. Uh, obviously there's like a DC version of Captain Marvel, uh, Shazam, uh, which was originally Fawcett. But I don't even know which one was it after Secret Invasion. Was that Carol Danvers? That or... was Carol Danvers. Okay. Because I, I think that this is going to be the Carol Danvers version, but there's also a, um, a version from the 80s that was a black woman and, uh, the original version, which was a Cree soldier named Marvell. And he's supposed to be in the in the prequel as well somehow. Like they're gonna have like the original Captain Marvel and then the modern feminist version of Captain Marvel. So they're gonna have somehow they're gonna be like two different Captain Marvels in it. And I don't know if both of them are gonna be in the Avengers or if maybe like the the Cree Captain Marvel dies in the movie in the prequel and gives his powers to um, Carol Danvers. 
and then somehow she is able to save the day with these space powers or whatever and stop Thanos. Uh, uh, I mean, it's all speculative at this point, but... Well, someone's got to stop Thanos. I mean, basically, like, Thor almost had it with the Stormbringer, and Thanos was like, you should have decapitated my head, Highlander-style, in order to stop me. And that's when he gets, that's when he gets, like, basically out of there and does what he wants to do, which I guess... So does he destroy the Affinity Gauntlet so he can't undo what he did? I don't think so. Because it seemed like it was damaged, like he can't use it, but he still wears it. It was the, is how, like, the movie ended for me. Or like the he, from I don't what think I saw. he was wearing it in the end, was he? No, I like, thought for sure he, he had it. Sunrise. When he looks at the sunrise, he doesn't have it on. Okay, I thought for well, sure he might have had it on. I don't know. Maybe he just. I, I mean, I wasn't paying like close enough attention to remember that scene. I guess, but maybe he just has it somewhere else. You know, like maybe he's stored it somewhere secret so that they maybe can't he's using it, it as a him. pillow. I don't know. Oh, yeah. so. What were you guys' thoughts that, uh, uh, what was it, Red Skull or whatever was stuck on, like, an alien planet this whole time since Captain America? That was kind of like a weird yeah, totally the Yeah, really. Because I, I looked at him and I was like, wait a sec, isn't that that guy from Captain America? Yeah. And I can't even remember, like, what happened to him. Like, did he disappear or something? I thought he died in the plane crash. Well, well didn't it, there was like a there was like a cosmic cube that he got. Um, yeah. Or I guess they call it the Tesseract because it sounds less cheesy. But it's the cosmic cube. And uh, he was, like, fighting Captain America on the plane, and then I think that, like, there was, like, a trap door on the plane or some crap, and he, like, fell out of it. And frozen ice, I assume, like like Captain America. But I could be wrong about that. Like, maybe maybe the cube teleported him to space or some crap. I don't remember. I, I don't remember that. I mean, like, I saw that movie seven years ago, so I couldn't tell you. Right. I saw it I once twice, Yeah, I've only like, seen it once, Yeah, that's when it came out. Do you remember? But that's what, what the theory is: is that um, he, at the end of, of First Avenger, uh, Red Skull disappears after he touches the cosmic cube, and he gets like transported to whatever that planet was, Valir or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, like lives out the remainder of his days. That doesn't necessarily explain how he knows what the Soul Stone is, or how he knows that you need to trade something you love in order to get it. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like the cube gives him knowledge of everything, or something like that, and so he's able to uh, know the secrets of the gym, you know, because the cube is all powerful and everything. But but it, but he's like that. That character was was not young. I don't think in Captain America. One and seventy years have passed, or something. So, how is he still alive? I don't know. Maybe the the gem keeps him alive, or something. Possibly. I, I mean, like it didn't really look like there was food on that planet. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> so, like, has he been just eating his own crap and fecal matter for the past seventy years just to stay alive? The movie probably just didn't care enough to explain it. It's just like we got it's this movie's two and a half hours. We already got too much shit in here. We're not explaining this to you. Just yeah. Next. Yeah, I do wonder why they didn't have like the gardener or one of these other characters that had the uh, some of the infinity gems in the comics. Like they brought in the red skull was kind of kind of weird, but 
Maybe Red Skull can't I'd like eat. that tie-in more than just, like, random, random grunt one, random grunt two. Like, I liked the, I liked the, like, uh, Thanos' henchmen who interacted with Iron Man and Doctor Strange. But I'm so tired of seeing these scenes, like, when, um, when, uh, all those, like, random, uh, like, nightmare creatures are trying to get through Barbarian Wakanda, I just groaned. Cause I'm, I'm, they, I hate when they do that in movies where they just like the bad guy, the main bad guy isn't in the fight and there's just like a bunch of random like putties. Mm-hmm. Filler. Yes. <laughs> like it, filler. Yeah, they just wanted like a scene of like something happening in Wakanda because Black Panther did well. Yeah. <laughs> so they have like a bunch of CGI monsters like, just like zooming through the, the Wakanda planes, like getting wiped out by the Scarlet Witch on mass. I mean, they're just. They're no threat at all. They're literally just there to get slaughtered while you have, like, your action scene filler time. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it, it gives Winter Soldier and other people stuff to do. And then they also did the scene where the, 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 the female bad guy had to fight the female heroes. Like, you can't make it opposite genders, which is, is just stupid. Oh, let me. I have. I have two. That's lazy. I got two things on well, that. Mantis, so Mantis like almost defeated uh, Thanos, but uh, Star Lord screwed that up. Yeah, really. Her. We blame the entire faulty on on everything that happened is on Star Lord. If he didn't punch freaking Thanos's face out of anger, because even Tony's just like, dude, we got this one. We can fix it, and that's just not what Star Lord does. This thing. They should have like fucking knocked out Star Lord. Like Tony Stark should have just punched that guy in the face. Like. Yeah, Doctor Strange looked at the 14 million odd realities. How could he have not seen that Star Wars was going to do that? That's right. He knew the one way to do this. Well, I guess this is something they had to go through somehow. Like, metaphysically, it was impossible that Star-Lord could have been stopped. Because we know that the one reality is Avengers 4, where they defeat Thanos. You know, like, that's that's a, that's like a certainty that that's what's going to happen in Avengers 4. And that's presumably why Doctor Strange gave up the Time Stone in the first place. But why not tell Iron Man or the other people that? Like, like when Doctor Strange disappears, he's just cryptic about it. And and doesn't directly say to Iron Man, even though it's pretty obvious that's why he gave up the Time Stone and knew he was going to be a sacrifice. Yeah, so Doctor Strange, he, he finds out how he does, how it can be stopped, and then he doesn't tell them, like, right? Like, that's stupid, you know? Like, why doesn't he tell them what the one way is if, he, if he's just found out, you know? I, I, I have a... could play devil's advocate. Maybe I guess presumably in the one reality where they do actually beat him, time, uh, Doctor Strange didn't tell them what he saw off the Time Stone. But it's still yeah. that's still really dumb though. <laughs> but like, why is there only one way? When you see there are so many ways where they almost did it, where they almost defeated Thanos, and then it just didn't work because they screwed up. Like Thor, like hit the wrong part of his body, or like Star Lord was an idiot. You know. Like, why are those not considered to be possibilities when there's 14 million other possibilities, you know? I, I got yeah, a question. You could have seen that. Dr. Strange could have just, like, telepathically reached out to his buddy and was like, hey, can you use that, like, flip phone that Iron Man had on his person to call Steve Rogers? Use that to call him and be like, hey, the bad guy's actually going to be in the Wakandan lab the entire time, so don't let Scarlet Witch leave. And oh, when four comes back 
at some point with a talking raccoon, make sure he uses the, his new hammer and hits Thanos in the face. You mean a <laughs> right rabbit. in the skull? Oh, yeah, it, yeah uh, excuse me, it was a rabbit and a tree. Okay, I, I have a question. So, did they ever mention like where Hawkeye was in this movie? Ant Man were both like because of the accords from Civil War, they're just like grounded. But also, like, why is that? A, why does that matter? They I was mentioned curious. it like in passing that they had been um they like accepted some sort of deal to like okay. retire from being superheroes but not go to jail. Okay. And then, like Hawkeye had already been established as having a family in Avengers too. Yeah. So my impression is like done with being a superhero. And Steve Lang wanted to protect his kid, but also like wouldn't they probably have come back out of retirement to like stop the end of the world? That's true. Yeah, uh, but they just wanted to keep Ant-Man out of all this so that they can just do, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp and then not even mention that half the world is dead in it. I don't know how you would get it past that in Ant-Man unless... I, I, I thought the thing was that everything in Ant-Man and the Wasp was, like, before the events of the Avengers movie. That's the like, one way I heard about it. The well, nobody's seen the movie yet. There's another... So. There's been rumors that it's going to heavily tie into. Infinity War based off like I think the that like time stream reality thing that Ant Man enters at the end of the first one. Hmm. Well it seems like the trailers help stop Thanos. Like, the trailers didn't look that cosmic. It was kinda of like them stopping like a bank robbery or something from what I recall. It was kind of like a generic that intentionally superhero. just to like kind of throw people off. Maybe or not spoil anything of Infinity War. I feel like Ant-Man is, like, not something that they're going to have anything important happen in because nobody gives a shit. <laughs> Alternatively, if they do actually tie it in, that would make the movie relevant. People yeah. see. Sure, but I feel like that's, like, Ant-Man is almost trying to do its own thing and be, like, a humor series rather than part of, like, the MCU, really. But maybe they're trying to that, make it more that way. That all the other series kind of are doing their own thing, but they converge somewhat. Like, I'd say Captain America is probably the most intertwined out of them. Mm. One and two didn't even intertwine in with the rest of the MCU. Well, they did have the... Uh, I don't... Thanos was in the first Guardians, wasn't he? I mean, that's kind of important. Yeah. And the Kree, I mean, that's like brought up the interaction with the other characters than Guardians did for this movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I just don't think it's gonna be like they're gonna like bring back all the characters from Infinity Gauntlet and like Ant Man. Like, I don't think anything's gonna that, that happens in Ant Man is gonna matter to the next. Trying to compete with the scale of Infinity War is impossible. So that's why you have to do a more modest story and it just has to be its own thing. Like, I feel like that's the way the superhero genre has to move from this movie because you can't top this for the epic scale other than Avengers 4, maybe. But, uh. Well, Kevin Feige has said that they're gonna do superhero movies on a smaller scale after this because they know they can't top this. Right. And the same thing is going on with DC because Justice League did not do that well. So they're trying to move over to like more like Wonder Woman. So you're going to have like Aquaman, which is going to be like more self-contained and Cyborg probably the same way. 
So they're going to try to do that for a little while. Like with both Marvel and DC, I feel like they're going to try to just make standalone movies because people have been giving this genre so much shit about, you know, like this is uh, everything has to be tied together and you have to have seen hundreds of other movies. And, you know, it's, it's becoming like actual comic books where everything is like a massive crossover where you're expected to be familiar with every single superhero and like that can work, but at the same time, you don't want everything to be that because it can become overwhelming and exhausting. Like well, imagine, imagine like having never seen a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie and then just watching this. It would make no yeah, goddamn like, sense. You're right. I mean, think about uh, like what a superhero movie was 20 years ago or something, where every superhero movie was just standalone. Like every 90s superhero movie, you could watch it. And, like, if you hadn't seen Batman Forever, you're not going to be confused watching Batman and Robin because they don't really relate that much. Yeah, you don't ha- but, You don't feel like you have to see, like, Batman Returns or, or the Michael Keaton Batman movies to get into Batman Forever. Like, it's all standalone. Right, and, and whereas now it's, like, not only do you have to have seen Avengers 1 and Avengers 2, you also have to have seen Captain America Civil War and Spider-Man Homecoming and Black Panther like dozens of movies. <laughs> so, I mean, like, what is the audience for these things at this point? Because, you know, you would think, like, superheroes, oh, they're for kids, right? That's, like, historically how people think of superheroes. Yeah. But now everything is PG-13, so I don't know. They still aim, the, the, like, toys at kids and stuff. But, like, if you have, like, a five-year-old kid and they, they like, want to see this movie, and then they come in and, like, it's a bunch of characters that they that they're not necessarily familiar with and then they're all dead at the end of it and you know like this movie's gay children even think about a movie like this no uh my friend um his sister uh went to a showing before uh we went and she was saying that like there were 14 and 15 year olds in the theater like crying yeah and and they were like they were like three years old when iron man came out right like, that's how long like this six. thing has been going. Yeah. Well, they'd be, like, six or seven, like, when they probably saw Iron Man. So that's, like, these, like, your childhood hero just watching them, like, get obliterated left and right. Yeah. Well, was it 2007 or 2008? It was 2008 or nine when Iron Man came out, I believe, I thought. I, I'm thinking 2008. I think that sounds right, yeah. But, but yeah, the point being, that was ten years ago now, right? So yeah. if, if you're, like, a young teenager, like... You know, it's PG-13, let's say a 13-year-old. They're three years old when Iron Man came out. <laughs> so that's, you know, and, and this movie expects you to have seen all of them. Not that you necessarily have to have seen all of them, but, I mean, it, it certainly helps to have seen all of them. I, I like, actually... You guys, do you guys think this movie should have been rated R? Because no. honestly, like, the no. level of depth and, like, messed up stuff that happens and just like again like there's like 14 and 15 year olds crying in the theater from like watching their child heroes die like content wise like yeah they don't say the f word and there isn't really blood but it's well still samuel like, jackson was like as he was dying he, he almost like, said it yeah uh, and then it <laughs> Mother, up, like, well i mean those kids will I mean, get over it so it's part of growing like, up one or like half a one yeah well i mean i don't think it should be r i just don't i mean Th- no. There's Deadpool. That's that's R. But this is like yeah. I mean the 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 violence in this movie. I mean yeah, it's very violent, but it's it's like such cartoonish violence that 
you can't really be offended by it. Kind of on the borderline there. I, I actually have a question. So you're saying like you know after the after the Thanos movie, after these movies, like there's they're going to be more standalone because there's nothing, there's no other big villain after Thanos. But like, is there another villain that the Avengers could possibly fight that's even bigger than Thanos? Uh, like from the comics or something. Yeah, I mean the only from. the only one I can think of is I mean like we'll be have to ta- you have to tackle in if this ever happens is like if Disney gets a hold of the Fantastic Four franchise and makes oh, yeah. like a movie with an actual Galactus in it. Right. Uh, I don't That's know. That's the only is one I can think of, of. Is that part of this deal with the X Men? Like, are they getting the Fantastic Four too? I don't know. I feel like they will eventually get them if they haven't already. I figure they might. I, I don't. I don't know anything about the deals or whatever. I didn't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's Galactus. There's. Um, I mean, it is hard to think of one. I, I, there's like Annihilus uh, from the Negative Zone. Okay. Uh, uh, the only thing that could top this in scale is if they did Secret War, since they would be able to like. The, I bet they could get uh, Wol- Hugh Jackman as Wolverine back for that. They could like they could probably throw in some other character cameos and things like that. Um, they kind of already so, did the tournament like idea in Ragnarok, so like I don't know if that would make sense. So there would be a reason to do a Planet Hulk out. or anything. So, so Secret War is that that's like the more recent crossover where they like tried to change their continuity, right? The like the the continuity in the eighties where they they had all the toys made for it. Oh, like, you, Secret Wars. Okay, yeah, because there's so many different Secret Wars. They've put out several different versions of it since then. Like there was Secret Wars and Secret Wars Two in the eighties, and then more recently they like they did like another crossover with almost the same name, um, where they like drew from a bunch of different continuities and like they had like the ultimate heroes fight the main heroes and stuff like that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, they could do that from the eighties with like the beyonder, but, uh, I feel like that, that stuff has not aged well. Like you see people right. making fun of it a lot online. Of, like doing fan service with having like all the heroes fight what be forced to fight one another. And so well, the like beyonder that. is basically like a, a, a God and he, uh, he captures all of the, uh, the superheroes and the supervillains, like the main ones. And he sends them to a to a I think they call it like Doom World or something like that, and then he has them all fight each other, and uh, and they have to like form their own teams, and so you get like Doctor Doom leading the villains and Captain America leading the heroes, and they're all fighting each other, and then that's how they bring in the the symbiote uh, costume. Spider Man first gets it in number eight, uh, and he's get like gets like new powers. So, so that was like a big thing back then, but uh, I don't know how you could even depict a Beyonder in live action because he's he's like a he's just like talking as a as a voice in the in the first Secret War series, and then in the second Secret War series, he forms a body, but he's like he's got this like ridiculous like Elvis look to him in that series, and it's kind of like a laughing stock. Uh, and he's like trying to understand Earth, and it's just really weird. But uh, but yeah, I mean that is like that. That's like their equivalent of Crisis on Infinite Earths from DC, where it was like their huge, their huge twelve issue maxi series where everybody was showing up and everybody was fighting, and that that was like the those two events were the pioneering the whole genre of the the mega crossover. And ever since then, 
Marvel and DC have both been emulating that like pretty much every year. They'll put on a major crossover where there'll be like two months a year where the books will become kind of unreadable because they'll all be just like crossing over with some event that they don't want to be crossing over with. And there'll be some tie-in issue with five artists and five writers. And, you know, like we don't want the movies to turn into that kind of thing where it's just like a complete editorially driven mess that is incomprehensible. You want there to be some actual quality behind it. And, and I was worried that this would be like that, where it would be just uh, like a complete mess of, you know, they have to be mandated to do like a million different things like Ultron was. But this actually worked, which is amazing. Yeah, it is disturbing how well this works. Be like that all the characters feel accurate. You like how those characters are supposed to be. All the characters get, or the majority of characters at least get like genuine screen time and actually like make an impact on the plot and things, overall plot and things like that. It is just wild how they were able to pull that off. And the, I think what one of the most impressive things, feats that they were able to pull off was they were able to make a dark and depressing and gritty movie which is what everyone knocks DC for, but that's what everyone is taking away from this movie. See, I can, yeah, see, I consider this like the Empire Strikes Back of the Marvel films, like where everybody gets their butt handed to them. It's just a bad day for everyone. You know, uh, you say that, but there was so much laughter when I saw it, which surprised me. The, the audience was really, you know, there, there are a lot of jokes in it, you know? Yeah, like, that's the true. They're, really they're going to have that comedy aspect in it. Shut up by the last hour. Well, that's true. It was mainly in the first part. I mean, there, there is a, a stretch in the middle there where there's not as much action going on where it's kind of like they're on a spaceship and stuff. And like Peter Parker is like, like making jokes Empire about like made up names. And, yeah. They're like making jokes about like, oh, we're using made up names then. I'm Spider-Man. Like people were all laughing at that and, and various other jokes that, that were in there. But I feel like they did like a good balance of the yeah comedy and action. yeah it wasn't like Guardians two or Guardians two or like Ragnarok level of humor like I felt like Guardians two yeah. had too much humor to the point where it was annoying um, yeah that's true I, I will say that like I was really impressed with Doctor Strange's character Strange's character like I haven't seen the Doctor Strange movie yet but after oh, seeing yeah, his character in this like I'm like really want to check that out. Because I actually like, I think he's probably my favorite uh, Marvel character in these movies. To be honest, I feel like Doctor Strange he did very well here. Like, yeah, he came across as one of almost the most powerful characters. He came across as someone that can intellectually beat out Tony Stark, and Tony Stark is basically smart as an engineer, whereas Doctor Strange is an actual doctor with book smarts and, and does know what he's talking about too. They're both smart with massive egos, so that's why yeah. they their class was interesting. Yeah, that, I really like that. Yeah, it was a good dynamic between the two of them, uh, and and then Peter there as well. You know, that, that was that was smart the way they pair up the characters, you know. Um, yeah. Hey Tony, it, you ever see this old movie called Aliens? And that was kind of like another joke too. <laughs> how, oh, does, how does the team of Groot, Rocket, uh, Rabbit, uh, Rocket Rabbit, and Four uh, actually work? Like it's crazy that they actually pull that off without it being. Like seemingly in bizarre. Yeah. They all like they, they seem like they work really well together. Too. 
which was surprising. Like, he was actually having, like, a heart-to-heart conversation with Thor about loss and that sort of thing. And Yeah, that was a good scene. Usually, usually Rocket is, like... Um, Just like, a butthole. <laughs> In Guardians 2, he, and I guess Guardians 1, really, he's just like almost just a gag character. He's always just doing something funny. Or just like the rude puppy, I think Mantis called him at one point in Guardians 2. Like, you know, he's just like, uh, you know, casting shade on people. And But in this one, he he actually seemed like a little more empathetic as a character, which was like a different difference for him. But it, it didn't come across as out of character or anything. So, I, I mean, I think all the characters were pretty much spot on, which is yeah. amazing because these di- directors that did this, they'd only done the Captain America movies. Like, the, It's not like all these things were made by like the same people, you know? But they managed to have, have it seem like a consistent voice between them, which is an impressive achievement. Gotcha. Um, there's, there's really not overall, like you really have to like dig in to nitpick Uh, and even the nitpicks are fairly minor and don't break the movie. And then obviously, yeah, presumably most, if not all the characters that died are going to come back at the end of the next Avengers, considering they already announced guardians three and Spider-Man two. But like, I, I don't, I, that the, the fact that those movies existed did not matter to me during the final scene where all that is going on. Really? Did you you were able to suspend disbelief when all the characters were dying? Yeah. Suspend disbelief, but I was like, I was speechless, and it was like it hit me pretty hard because the, I they did a good job of making me care about these characters, especially during, including during the pre pre like prove a build-up in Infinity War, so when it actually happened, like, so much, so much loss going on at the same time. Yeah, and it, the thing is, like, no worked. one expected it to happen, too. Like, like you knew Thanos had this power, and you wonder, like, you know, he got the last Infinity Stone, like, you know, when does this take effect? And then you see, you know, Winter Soldier disappear first, and then it's, you know, Groot, and then it's somebody else, and then it's this person, and then you're like, oh my it god, was- it's happening. It was powerful when they had um, the the characters of uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch, and uh, they're trying to, you know, like the Vision is trying to get Scarlet Witch to destroy his Infinity Gem, and yeah. like, it's a hard choice for her to do it because she loves him, uh, but she knows she has to do it to save the Earth, and then she does it, and then it was all for nothing because yeah. Thanos can just rewind time. You know, it's it's one of those moments where uh, it's just like a uh, frustrating moment of uh, sacrifice all for nothing, you know? Yeah. Um, anything else on Infinity War that we can say about? Are we about tapped out? Uh, DC get cucked. And the only thing I'm kind of looking forward to on DC, you know, if and when it happens, is like if they make a movie involving Darkseid and how well that will be done. I think that might be like the best thing they can do in terms of a big villain. Um, well, he is like the DC equivalent of Thanos, basically. Yeah. So that's 
obviously what they'll have to do if they make a second Justice League, if it gets that far, which was the original plan, but then they the, now they're acting they're like right. they're not planning to do a second Justice League. Um, even though I think that if they do well with the next few movies, they will do another Justice League. But uh, you know, they didn't they didn't call Justice League like Justice League Part One or something. They just called it Justice League. Uh-huh. Um, even though it was really supposed to be called Justice League Part One, I think. Uh, but I mean, it, Steppenwolf that that was supposed to be like foreshadowing for Dark Side showing up. Like, oh, here's his minion. Next, you're gonna see the big bad guy. You know. But it's just a question of is the DC universe gonna last long enough for them to get to Darkseid or is it? Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, I assume it's already dead. It sounds like that Shazam isn't really, that Shazam isn't necessarily gonna really tie in and like we haven't really heard anything about the Cyborg solo movie or Green Lantern Corpse in a long time. So I don't, who even knows if those will happen? Yeah, well, I, 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 I find it hard to give up. Especially after this movie coming out, they're gonna they're gonna want to do their version of this. They're gonna try to find like what did we do wrong with uh, you know the first Justice League? How are we gonna make another one that does better? Like they they can't just like sit on these characters that have the potential to make them so much money. Um, oh, were you guys surprised that this movie outgrossed uh, episode seven in the opening weekend? Yeah, I didn't know it beat out episode seven. Oh, pretty shocking. Hmm. It, yeah, I mean, first Black Panther did so well, and then and then this did so well. I mean, it's it's been an amazing year for for Disney. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure, the shareholders are very pleased with this this weekend. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Solo will help temp- temper those a bit. You think Solo is going to bomb? Um, but I mean, there's there's probably just because the narrative is is that there was a lot of bad buzz going into it, even more so mm-hmm. than Rogue One. That and combined with like Infinity War just blowing everyone away, and a lot more people complaining about how Episode Eight went that it. I can't. I don't know, think it'll gross as high as Rogue One. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's released in a different time of the year. They 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 kept doing them in December, and now they're doing this one in the in the summer. So I don't, I don't know if that is going to help them, or if there's going to be like too much competition, or what what will happen with that? Because they kind of yeah. with December, it's like everybody sees it after Christmas. Or something. So, you know, that's like the only thing that's out at that point. I mean, there was like, I guess there was Jumanji giving them a bit of composition yeah. for episode eight, but like seven and Rogue One. I mean, I don't even remember what else was out in the theaters at the, to compete with those two. It was not much. Family wise, there aren't really a ton of big family movies coming out. Like Deadpool comes out on the 18th, but like, Oh, that's a perfect family movie. I don't know what you're talking about. This month? <laughs> well, I mean, Deadpool, to be fair, like, people do bring their kids to that. Like, there were a bunch they of do. stories about people doing that. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Oh, I do want to say, so I went to um, an IMAX theater in, uh, my friend and I drove an hour out to an IMAX theater in Massachusetts, 
And it's like the best IMAX theater. We're one of the best in New England. And so we thought like, this, so we, we didn't have assigned seats, but we bought them beforehand. But so we figured like, okay, they seat a half hour before the movie starts. We'll get there a half hour before that. And so we did get there an hour before the movie is supposed to start. And already there was 400 people in line. Oh my God. Yeah, like there was like most oh. of, I think we were only able to get seats in the fourth row. We're in line. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it was crazy. And it, it was sold out on Sunday. On a Sunday show, night showing at 8.50, it was sold out. <laughs> yeah, I went I went just today, uh, on Monday, as we're recording. And uh, in the mid-afternoon, 1.45, and I uh, had the pre-order tickets. And uh, there were two seats in the upper area that were not sold out next to each other. So I got one for myself, one for my mom, and uh, we... Saw it, but yeah, it was very packed. Uh, there were some seats, I think, probably down at the, the bottom, like right in front of the screen that were not sold out, but uh, at least not when I was buying. Uh, maybe, maybe people showed up down there later, but you know, it's, it, it is a, a big grocer, and so it's not surprising that it was that, that busy. And then $250 million didn't come from nowhere. Do you guys get spoiled on anything in the movie before you saw it? Well, I kind of knew that Thanos was going to wipe out half the Earth because that's what he does in the comics, you know? Like, so it was not that surprising to me. At least Stan Lee's like cameo came like within the first five minutes of that movie, where he's Peter Parker's bus driver, and he makes that comment. I was like, "What? What, what are you guys complaining about? Is there a bridge blowing up or something?" Whatever he said. I was like, yeah, yeah. It's something I texted. It just makes my me friends. sad now to see Stanley because of just all the shit that's going on with him. Yeah, I mean, they're literally then, selling his blood to to collectors. Like that's how fucked up his lawyers are. His blood. They're using. They're selling. They were selling Black Panther comics that had a stamp that was dipped in Stanley's blood. Yeah, that's someone had up. to sell them the blood. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I the t- point is they're selling like merchandise that has. His blood in it, and they're like, is he even consenting to this? Because he even capable? He's ancient. Didn't it was stolen? That was sold for five hundred a pop. Yeah, that's messed up. And then, like, yeah. what's the deal with the nurses? You know, like, are they the ones that are stealing the blood? And then, like, he got onto them, and then that's why I mean, they accuse him of sexual harassment. I, I mean, I feel like his camp is pointing fingers at everyone else. Like, some people blame the daughter. Some people blame like the. The financial manager. It's like some people blame the agent. It's insane. Well, there was a um, security guard that got fired. Too. Yeah, there I heard about like, the security guard too. That guy must have been in some sort of. I texted trouble. my friends right after we watched the movie, saying, "No one show this movie to Stan Lee. He'll die of a broken heart watching all of his characters die on screen." <laughs> <laughs> Stanley is smart enough to know that uh, no death is permanent in comic books. Yeah. Even at his age, yeah, but he's ninety. He's like ninety four. He's senile. He could think he might forget that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm actually surprised Stanley is still trucking after the death of his wife. Like, I mean, shoot, like after Barbara died, like um, H or George H. Bush was in the hospital, and I was like, nope, he ain't got too much longer to live. And then Somehow now he's now he's out of uh, getting an infection or something in his blood or something. Not 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 too many. Uh huh. You know, men live longer than their wives. No. Usually when one goes, the other goes. Yeah. 
Well, if the men go first, why the women can usually stay around a whole lot longer. Because they're like, I'll make it, and then men just fall apart. Like, they can't handle it, so... Hmm. No one's sucking their knob anymore, so what uh, What point is there? Yeah, there's nobody to old, love your old bones. So... All my old, wrink- old wrinkly skin. Yeah. I do wonder why that is, like... Do men love women more than women love men, or something like that? Um, I mean, it, it, it's, it's an interesting question. I do. You, do you want the biblical answer to that? Because I can kind of explain. Okay. It. <laughs> Why so not? It, it, it it does make sense. So let, let's just say you two are not godless heathens. Okay. And believe in the. That's, and a, believe that's in a big the, if. I, that is a big if. Okay. <laughs> I know who I'm talking to. So, well, Satan, Satan's a god, right? No. <laughs> Let me get my point across. Okay. So, say, Satan is the god of this world. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's so when God, so God's design of marriage is, or at least with with uh, couples, a man and woman, is that um, biblically the woman is supposed to serve and honor her husband. However, the husband is supposed to love his wife as God loved the church. So that ought to tell you something. We're basically, you know, or how Christ loved the church, but basically like, you know, Jesus died for everyone's sins. He died for the people in that do, you know, do believe in him. So like, you know, and that goes back to the biblical hierarchy. I guess you could say that, um, that, that, uh, patriarchy, patriarchal term where, um, where man is created in the image of God and then woman is created in the image of man. So basically, like, if woman is created in the image of man, they're not equal, where she, where she's basically serving man and then man, you know, serves God. Well, both serve God. But the thing is, you know, the Bible, you know, you got the Bible that says, like, you know, man love your wives as Christ loved the church. And then if men are in the image of God, then that's natural for men to just pour out our love to our wives, to women. Because that's just kind of something that's embodied in us, whereas women like want to receive that love. So really, like if there's no partner there for a guy to give his love to, as he's naturally made, then it's kind of like there's no there's no purpose there. And I think like and you know as for women, it's something like you know yeah yeah they love their husbands, but they can do just fine if they're gone. Like it still hurts, but they can deal with it a whole lot better than men can. And men just fall apart if a woman's not there, and that actually, like in that context, whole, that be makes fruitful sense. Fruitful and multiply is that the, the be fruitful and multiply command is that it t- directed specifically towards men? Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's for male and female, but then you go into the uh, how you know in the early in the early parts of the Bible, where basically it's kind of a man's nature to be polygamous, to have you know multiple part. Multiple wives, basically. I wouldn't say partners, because partners is more of a non-marriage term. But, uh, mm. I mean, there's a lot of biblical um, scripture backing up that, like, God basically gave wives to men that already had wives. And really, when you think of the animal kingdom, say, for example, lions, there's one male and a pack of females that bear his children to go hunting while he, he's basically a stay-at-home dad. The Bible doesn't call men to be a stay-at-home, but that gives that gives sort of a, a visual re- interpretation where, like, you know, men can have you know, sex with many women and love them just as much, whereas, like, women have the capacity of just really falling in love with one one man. 
and being committed to him, that's part of the serving and honor part. So the the whole concept of monogamy is something that you know is not natural to to man, like in in, in a certain sense, right? I mean, yeah. Like, if you look at ancient man, like the the strong man has many wives and yeah. dominates and that because, sort of thing. Yeah, because it's it's part of male of a man's DNA to to father children and to take care of them. And, you know, the women to take care, or, well, really this, to provide for their children, provide for the wives as the wives take care of the children and, you know, nurse them and love them and, and what, and so forth. So that, that kind of just all, that all plays together in that design. If, and if you think about it, it, it does like, it does make sense. And from what I understand from historical context, like monogamy relationships like lasted until like the Roman Empire, um, basically came and sort of outlawed uh, monogamous relationships and made and made everyone polygamous, and that had influence into the Protestant Church later. Um, and so, really, like with me kind of knowing this now, like I can't. I mean, honestly, like to be honest, like I'm ha- like I'd be happy with one wife. Wait, do you mean? But like, I think I could, I could I could think I could be more saner with one wife. But go ahead. Was it like Charlemagne that started to change the the whole culture of of? You know, marriage because that was when the Roman Empire became Christianized, and yes, or I, I, I think know. it was someone, someone who had Constantine. Or I guess is someone yeah, had Constantine. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I guess is someone just like or someone high up in like the church, like they had a wife, and then they got cucked by another guy, and then he was mad about it, so he made it that you could only have one partner. I, I don't know, man. That's probably that. There wouldn't I wouldn't put it past it, but. There's kind of, there's really nothing in, from what I understand, from what I've been, like, I've been looking at this for months, um, from what other people have written about, like, uh, human relationships and sexual relationships in the Bible, is the fact that, like, the Bible doesn't really condemn, like, polygamous relationships, and it's kind of hard to condemn that when God is giving more wives to men in the Old Testament, um, and there's really no passage, I don't, I don't believe there's any passage that, like, that does condemn polygamy at all. So I mean, the early parts of the Bible it kind of overlaps with yeah, and, the, the early parts of the Quran, you know. And obviously, Muslims don't have much of a problem with with polygamy. No, the th- the thing with the Muslims is the fact that you've got um, this sounds like close, I think we're in closing remark territory, anyways. But I think it's the fact that, like with Muslims, like yeah, they can have multiple wives, but they're getting those like sort of like out of out of slavery in a way. And they're basically raping women to claim them as wives, whereas the Bible condemns rape. The and, real rape culture, you mean? Yes. And, Unlike college campuses. No, that, that doesn't count for, for anything. Well, anyways. Compared to, compared to the Islamic world. Yeah, compared to the Islamic world, which they've been doing that for centuries. Um, and But, like, you know, with it, like, the Bible is just like, you know, if you, ra- if you have, you know, if you have sex with a woman or rape them outside of marriage, basically, like, you have to go either pay for her off the father or get the father's permission because you violated her virginity because that's important. Um, whereas the Muslims, they just don't care. That's just part of, like, we have to... We're forcing our, our, our genetics onto you whether you like it or not. And they there was all this evidence from, like, when they tried to take over Europe, a set, like, in a millennia ago, where they were doing this. And they're still doing it now where there's all these rape cases of women being raped in Canada. Um, so, yeah, it's it's... It's kind of like there's the baseline nature on how sex works for men and how it's natural, but then there's all these also these rules and guidelines because of the fall of man after the Garden of Eden, 
Whereas, like, the Bible is about, like, you know, if you want to have sex, it's it's in marriage because marriage is a sacred relationship. So that's, like, what I've been really digging into. And so then, but then you got these apologists, like, these um, liberalist Christians that come in and, you know, want to downplay, like, the Old Testament doesn't mean anything now because Jesus came back. And that's getting to a whole can of worms regarding Jesus fulfilled some prophecies, but there's some things in the Old Testament that are very essential to, like, how we should still do relationships to this day. And that's well, what I've been able like- to research. Like anthropologically, you know, it, <clears throat> like the the main concern of people was probably like trying to spread their their genes as far as possible, and right. So you'd have people like Attila the Hun, that is the ancestor of such a per- huge percentage of China, of, yes. of humankind. But see, he did because, that. He he did that through rape, though. That's there's nothing biblical about that at all. Um, right, but no, but that was just the, like the way things were 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 done back then, and, and obviously yeah. that was not a culture. But no, it's like not. That, in, in a certain sense, that's like just what people will do if they're not restricted by civilization. <clears throat> and so, like the, the more your civilization builds up and advances over time, the more people settle down. They're not nomadic. They're not, um, yeah. you know, trying to to conquer the world as much. They're trying to build a life for themselves. And, and a human being needs a partner for that, and yes, is, is a supporting partner. So that you know, that's like some some form of completion for a human being uh, to have. You know, the other half. Uh, yeah. In, in Western civilization, you know, we've built up so much that you know we're not riding around on horseback raping people and conquering villages and whatnot. No, there's know. no there's no need in our Western culture to do that at all. But like, and we just it, use more psychological means. Right, or we use yeah. drones or whatever, right? But we <laughs> we we have our way of projecting power. Uh, but you know, the the point is like people, you know, they have a house now. You know, you don't like wander around the countryside on horseback, like looking for women and then like raping everyone you see or whatever. That like, yeah. primitive man would. <laughs> oh, I thought your dog had another nightmare. <laughs> That's what he thinks about rape culture. <laughs> But this is kind of going back to answering the question about, like, why men, um, you know, are that way when they lose their wives, how they just kind of fall apart. Because, like, it's – it's they're so essential. Like, I think there's there's even a scripture in the Bible where basically, like, women are more valuable than any kind of uh, diamond or jewel, like, on this planet. Where there's like, – that's one verse that says that. And – you know, you can you can take that information what you want, but I'm explaining it from a biblical context that I've been able to look at, which actually just like when you look at it like in scale with with kind of like how we're all made, it's like well that does make sense. Like, you know, yeah, the Bible says that the women's below man, but we like civilizations have been fought and have been destroyed over a man trying to win the affections of a woman because they're that they're that valued as they should be. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um... I mean, it is the you know the whole thing about the woman coming from the man's rib and all that stuff. But, you know, that's that's in there, and so I yeah, mean, it, it does ascribe different roles and that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm if anybody listening to this is going to disagree, it's like, look, I'm. This is obviously like my viewpoint. I'm not saying you have to agree with that, but you know, from what I explain on just on how the Bible says, it kind of ex- really gives into context of like why men. You know, or so dependent on women because that's just how that's how we're designed and how we're made. Um, which really, I think, like if you 
kind of really believe in that as the actual, like, absolute truth, and that kind of, like, would sort of quell a lot of these um, gender role issues or whatever, but I guess that's, you know, no feminist is going to agree with that at all. Yeah, uh, there was this story today that leaked out of uh, General Kelly being accused of being a sexist because he said uh, women are more emotional than men. And this is considered to be uh, proof he's a men's right advocate or something like that. And then he said, when we grew up, we worshipped women uh, and adored them or something like that. And these two comments are considered to be, uh, in the modern context to a liberal journalist, incredibly offensive. Um, But uh, obviously are are also just true that men uh, do hold women in high regard and uh, that women have emotions, as all human beings do. Well, I mean, like... (laughs) From my time on this planet, I have seen that women act more on their emotions than men do. Men are more reason and um, structured bound by their decisions, whereas women just act more mostly on, on emotions. I mean, you need emotions to do things, but like for us, it's like there's a reasoning there to why I want to do this action. And for women, it's just kind of like based more solely on, on emotions than it is reason. And, but it's like the whole point of like there being two halves, right? I mean, of like human beings need to have emotions and need to have reason. Yes. And some is more in you, some, you need uh, your emotions um, to act on um, your reasons to others. You need your emotions to act on reasons for for one you for you wanting to do something. You need that there. But then, like you know, like men are not the most emotionally strong people. Like that's kind of like, that's kind of the better half of having like the wife is. For her to like, you know, kind of maybe bring out some, you know, emotions in man that would help them. So there's that better, like, you know, we say like that's our better half. Like that's part of that better half is like, you know, I'm I'm showing you something to better yourself that, you know, and then you're showing me that can better myself. And so then our two halves become one. That's kind of like the sanctity of that relationship between man and woman. So, but <laughs> anyways, people can take it however they want. You're, Is it you know. really only two halves, though, if men have multiple wives? Wouldn't it be like more like fourths? You could do that, too. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think... Would I, the man be still half, and the the women are like each, each a quarter, if there's two women? I, <laughs> or would it be divided I, into I just I just know this. Like, as great as an idea of polygamy is, like, you know, there's... Like, most men are just like, you know, my wife drives me crazy. The one wife I have drives me crazy. If I had more than that, I, I'd kill myself. But unless you happen to have a wife that does not speak back, does not have an opinion, and supports you, then, you know, that's great. But women are not like that in Western culture. It cannot, like, it cannot happen unless... Anyways, that, that, that is, this, this is going to a whole... That's a so, yeah, whole just, other thing. Just to, just to infer from that, Zionic one, uh, Zionic... Oh, he looks in the woman as one that is silent and doesn't spit talk back. <laughs> I can either confirm or deny that statement. No, I. <laughs> no, I do value women's opinions, and that is your words, not mine. So there you go. You, you use that phrase that Western women do do. I'm not saying it from an overview, that. like anybody, like I, I know, I know, from I'm outside sure. of like our in a Western culture. Yeah. Anyways, but. Somebody yeah, that's not American will see that. Robots. Ah. I'm sure that there, there will be such things in the future that that will be readily available to Otaku. The haptic suit from Ready Player One. The, oh, I didn't see it yet. 
No, I haven't seen uh, RPO yet either. Did you like it, Daft? You could talk about it a little bit. Trying to... I, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. Um, okay. I, thought we I don't about think anybody's listening anymore at this point in the podcast. Yeah, I, I've, scared off, I assume, I've scared off everyone, so... I, mean, yeah. I assume no one listened from the start, but and that we're just I don't speaking know. to the void, so it's fine. Um, what I'll say is, um, so I read the book beforehand, so I had expectations going into it. What I'll say mm-hmm. is that the movie... The movie changed some things from the book for the better, and it changed some things from the book that to make it significantly worse. So the the basic gist of the of the book and movie is that there's there's this like sword art online type world. Like everyone has virtual reality headset and everyone mm-hmm. just lives in the virtual world. This like this the founder dies and leaves the company and 500 bazillion dollars to whoever can find these three hidden keys that he hid as Easter eggs in the game. Hmm. It's like to find each key, there's like different challenges and things. And so basically all of those were changed or reworked to, to for the movie. Um, and the first one will set piece what they do, the logic to solve the puzzle is absolutely bullshit. <laughs> so easy to figure out how to solve it. And that and that between like when the guy dies to when the movie starts, five years have elapsed. So for no one to figure out the puzzle in that time frame is insanity. Can no one hack in the future? <laughs> That's actually a really interesting point. No one ever yeah. does that. So you, no you one... have so you know you have this feature where everyone plays this game, but no oh. one can hack the information. Like, is it, is it 4chan die out by this point? I mean, I don't know. Like, 4chan will figure that out in a week. No, I actually didn't even think of that. It is kind of like there is just <laughs> that's never addressed or brought up. Okay. Um, it's I guess it's just assumed that the game is just super is just super secure for whatever reason or no one universe reasons like if someone tried to hack in then then the keys would all be deleted or something something bs like that i don't know but yeah um also the um, the last five minutes are very schlocky and very kind of eye-rolly in and like kind of don't even tie in with the rest of the movie almost how how did the gundam look in the movie uh, I will say it, it gets like a solid like 45 seconds to a full minute where it is just like focused on how awesome the Gundam is and the Gundam attacking. Like it, it's, it's, okay. it, it, it's pretty sick. The, not a lot of characters or French like references get like that level of like put over like the, like the Gundam. Is the Iron actually. Giant heavily emphasized? What did you say? The Iron Giant. Is that another one that gets a lot of attention? It seemed like it kind of did in the trailers and stuff. Oh, it's so um, they kind of changed it from the book where um, in the book, the main character gets like this ability where he can transform into this like giant for up to like two minutes. 
And so in the book, he chooses Ultraman. Among the things he could have selected was uh, Ava O1 and the Iron Giant, among other things. I don't think a Gundam, too. Um, but in the movie... Wait, is the Ava in the movie or no? It may have been in the background. There's, like, so much crap flying around during the third act that, like, it's literally, like, you have to probably pause for freeze frame to find everything. So this is for people that, like, when this comes out on Blu-ray, they're going to sit there and just spend a whole evening just going scene by scene, frame by frame looking at I will at definitely everything. be watching videos of people trying to find all the references because there's a they're lot. They're going to do that, yeah. Have someone else do the hard work for you. Um, and also, I'm not going to buy the Blu-ray. Fuck that. <laughs> um, but overall, like, I don't, I would say, like, is it, is it like, it's not a cinematic masterpiece. Um, but like, if you shut your brain off, it's kind of like a Fast and Furious movie for nerds, where like, if you just shut your brain off and don't think too hard, then it's, then it's generally passable. That's but asking a lot from nerds. <laughs> I, it's generally I good advice for Hollywood movies. Yeah, like, it's, there's a lot of things that I enjoyed in it. There's a lot that I immensely hated in it, and that made me really frustrated. Like, it was kind of like watching the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> you were about to say like, that. <laughs> a lot of good ideas in it, but then overall it's just a complete mess and is total trash. Oh, really? So you overall didn't like it, or...? I thought I got my money's worth out of seeing it, but I also saw it at that really nice IMAX theater. Um, but, like, I think if I had read reviews beforehand, I probably would have just been fine getting a rip in a few months when it came out and been content that way and just paused every, like, 20, like, every second to see, like, or every millisecond to see what they snuck in. Yeah, so um, I didn't see like really pay much attention to the reviews. Were they were they really negative? I think they were. I think it was decently positive, but that was more so because it was Steven Spielberg. Uh huh. I think that's that's basically the only reason why that. Mo- I think if Steven Spielberg hadn't directed it, this movie probably would have gotten more savage hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes, and I feel like that's a little bit high. Um, okay, yeah, I, I just went on there. It says. Ready Player One is a sweetly nostalgic thrill ride that neatly encapsulates Spielberg's strengths while adding another solidly engrossing adventure to his filmography. So, yeah, I mean, they're mostly positive reviews on here, which is... I I, I mean, I I do want to see it at some point, but yeah, I think it probably is best to see it on home video where you can pause it and look at everything you want to see and not just get, like... Yeah, like, it's, it's... it's Yeah, it definitely is, like, not something that, like, you need to see now. But I think it's I think it's worth watching, and it is just like also from like a from like a critique perspective, there are a lot of very bizarre choices. It's almost the most more interesting than like a perfect film to see a dumpster fire. Not a complete dumpster fire, though. It's it's like there's if they had if they had changed certain things, it could have actually made a lot more sense or been a lot more interesting or like more cohesive. But yeah, like there, there's other complaints I have about the like, especially what they changed from the book that I that they did in the movie. That I don't want to say those to spoil it for you guys. Uh, what I will say though is I will spoil the stupidest scene or what I would consider the stupidest scene in the movie, Go ahead. which is like uh, obvious. Like there's a big fight at the end, unsurprisingly, 
And so a bunch of people in the real, like, it's like a bunch of players come in to help the main character and stuff. And they cut to like people in like, like coffee shops, just like in wearing a virtual headset and just like punching into the air. (laughs) And like, like there's like numerous cuts like that. And it is the stupid, like there's like people in the office building, just like playing in the game and stuff like that. And it's just like the stupidest shit imaginable. Like if I was in the, if I was like going to Starbucks and getting a coffee and I saw someone with like a virtual reality headset, like punching in the air, I just like probably like steal, spill their coffee on them or like take their backpack or something. The thing is, this is the future, Daft. You're not going to be alive to see this happen because it's probably going to happen. Isn't it already happening with VR chat? Everybody is going, do you know the way on, uh, <laughs> on there? Not, yeah, yeah, but they're not doing that in a coffee shop, though. That's the thing. Like, it's one thing if you're, like, at your desk and you're doing that. But, like, I, I can't imagine people just, like, go to, like, the mall and just pull up their headset and just go to town, you know? So the headset is kind of like the futuristic modern day of the cell phone where people just whip it out and just are zombies to it. So then in this movie, you're a zombie if you put on the freaking headset. It's just kind of like they're they're both about the same, really. But the difference is like the future. Yeah, like more so. Like basically, people live in the oasis. Like the like the future is like really like the actual world is really shitty. Like they live in these like trailer parks, essentially. Isn't there like a super trailer parks where like it's just trailers stacked on top of trailers, like a like a skyscraper of trailers or something? Exactly. Like it's there's a no, trailer There's park. no land to expand tra- double wides. You just have to stack double wides on top of each other. Like being this in the real world is depressing, so why would you want to be out there when you could be in it put your virtual headset on and then just like experience literally anything and everything there? In in the book, there's basically no no one really leaves the oasis because why would you? Mm-hmm. Like you basically just so leave how do to their get food. Human bodies like survive. Do they have like tubes hooked up to them and they just play inside of this thing? They get like packages delivered to them and stuff. Like there there are still physical goods. Like people have different setups for like experiencing the oasis like the bad guy has like a stupidly ridiculous setup because he's like the ceo of an evil corporation so then he's got the money to pay for stupidly ridiculous setup just to get on vr (laughs) a lot of neat concepts a lot of neat ideas and i i will say like the references are uh, it's over when it's overbearing it's rare that it's overbearing when they're like, oh, like when they do like, there's like that like page and a half passage where it's just like listing off random video games and movies and crap. That doesn't really happen as often as you'd think, considering the trailers and the notor- and the nor- notoriety of scenes like that. Not as bad, and it most of the nostalgia is done fairly tastefully. Um, and the things that they reference are quite inter- are like some of them are kind of like okay, this is obvious. Of course, they're gonna put in the Back to the Future car, but then like the second act, they're the major set piece for it is is something that they changed from the book. The and I did not see it coming, and I was very shocked at what they chose. <laughs> the uh, on the Back to the Future car thing, 
I remember reading an article about the uh, utter dweeb that came up with the uh, book, and he has like actually created the car from the uh, from the the book in his like. It, oh, the <laughs> author? Yeah, he like actually has it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen an image of that. I mean, it's basically, like a, all it is is just like a Back to the Future car with the Ghostbusters logo. The Ghostbusters, <laughs> yeah, the Ghostbusters logo, <laughs> which is just so so dorky. It's his life, like, it, man. It is, it is the most expensive fanfic ever made. Um, but it's it's it like his life. He's living the dream. He got his book turned into a movie by Stephen. Yeah, you you can't like you can't top that. I mean, I, I mean, uh, like this guy is the king of internet fanfic shit posters. I, I think like this is what Chris Chan and Tim Box and all the other people dream. Of their silly little uh, fanfic. And into. the thing is, this is as high as he can go too. Like when it, there's that hierarchy of like nerds, and like usually mm-hmm. like science fiction writers are like the ones that are on top of the the nerd food chain. So like if he's up there with this, you know, Ghostbusters, um, Back to the Future car, like he's basically made it. Like the, he can't go anything above that, but he's perfectly fine with that. It'd be like Notch, where like he made his pinnacle game his uh his opus got cashed out and now he's just gonna sit in a mansion alone um never going to be able to top what he did and just he'll eventually wither and die that too okay sure but yeah, there's worse um, ways to wither and die like in the buffalo true um oh yeah what is the latest in um the the tune radio saga um, well, Mason, he made some comment on Facebook that he has an apartment but needs to obtain funding for it. And then, uh, like, a few days after that, he said, like, he couldn't even pay for the homeless shelter because he's not getting any money from these articles that he's writing. Because it seems like a lot of the time he writes an article and then he isn't paid on time. Or he isn't paid at all. Mm-hmm. He's doing like ghost writing, and I don't know <clears throat> if these are like black market sites or what exactly he's doing. <laughs> Even though he's he barely earns any money. Sites? Like, how can he? Like, well, supposedly that's why he organized that uh, or registered that dot org after the uh, tuneradio.net and tuneradio.com died. He was like, oh, I need a new tune radio website for my business card so that I can do my job or something, you know? But if he did that doesn't mean he's actually started working on them. Like, do we know if he's actually written any articles since he's um, been... Uh, well, we don't uh, know where he's getting his income from. <laughs> Unless he registered but, a P.O. box, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, he he's not, he's not doing well, I'll say that one. I mean, it's very sad, but... Uh, Fundraising gun. Uh, occasionally, he managed to get a little bit of money on Facebook. I guess he can just directly raise money through there because it'll say like. For him? No. I thought I thought we were doing that through the podcast. I have no, no idea no. what you just said, so I wouldn't know what. We I thought um we should do a charity drive for Mason. We'll do a twenty four hour podcast and put it on Tune Radio when it gets back online. Gosh, <laughs> isn't it, isn't it still owned by uh, the Koreans or the Japanese? 
Yes, it it is still there. Oh. It, it was turned into some sort of a dating site the last time. I mean, first it turned into that aquatic video game in Korea. Yeah. And I think it's a Japanese dating Ocean site. Paradise, I'll always remember 10, that. 10,000 trekkers lined up, so we say have a pretty decent base of uh, listeners to start out with. I mean, I bet some of those trekkers wouldn't mind meeting some Japanese. Your favorite cartoon theme song. I like the Fat Albert theme. Hey, hey, hey. My friend showed me and um, told me I had to watch this episode of Fat Albert. And when I questioned why, or uh, questioned why, he forced me to download it. And so it was, um, it involved a uh, Fat Albert uh, has a new classmate. Um, who, okay. um, and so the, the kid's kind of a little awkward and the teacher pulls out Fat Albert over and he's like, oh, he's a little bit slow. And Fat Albert is like this deadpan, like, look. He's like, oh? And she's like, oh, like he's what you would call retarded. <laughs> well, that wasn't a taboo until, like, the 90s. Yeah, but um, there's there's a couple... Uh, so, as part of the episode, like, kind of make fun of him because, like, they don't know he has that condition. And so, like, they make, like, faces, like, reenacting him, and they're they're very, very offensive. <laughs> But it's it's just also partly because of just the limited animation with um Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh is it <laughs> is it supposed to be funny, like the whole thing they're making fun of the retarded guy, or is it supposed to be like a PSA about like you're not supposed to do this? Yeah, I think they, they meant well but failed. Yeah. Uh, I mean to be fair, it's like <laughs> that's something that kids do. So, like, I, that's I guess that's something that you ha- kind of have to address if you're doing like an educational thing towards kids. Like, don't make fun of the retarded. It would be like one of the lessons, but I don't know how to <laughs> how to convey that properly <laughs> in a cartoon, you know, without making the retarded kid look funny, you know? Yeah, they, they, he didn't look like uh, the character design was not. Inappropriate, I'd say. Oh, there we go. I finally found this. The snapshots. Okay, good. Uh, hold on. We can put these on the show notes if you put them in the chat. Sure, oh, I will. Oh, <laughs> the okay. second one. Uh, the kid in the purple sweater is uh, the slow kid, and then this is. Um, oh, really? I couldn't tell. Yeah. The, the next. <laughs> That girl behind him looks kind of like picture, odd too. <laughs> the next picture is the guy re- like impersonating him. <laughs> uh, Literally just pauses like that. It's so bad. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, uh, Bill Cosby, like when they cut to all the live action segments, Bill Cosby would actually say retarded, but he sh- uh, he did not. So uh, at least, I don't think so at least Bill Cosby evaded that controversy. Yeah, really. The this show like was it still on until just recently? Josh said something like it being pulled on one of those old channels like T V one or whatever. It was airing on some weird ass network. Yeah. But did you like grow up watching any of the Cosby the Cosby show or Fat Album? 
I, I watched that. I, I watched, I mean, I remember watching, like, the Cosby show as a kid. I think probably TV Land might still have it. I don't know. Because it was on, like, really the other saw, week. I never really saw any Network of the shows. Didn't have it, did they? What show? Cartoon Network didn't have this, right? No, I know Nick and Knight did. Probably in the 90s. Oh. Yeah. I guarantee I mean, it, Nick and Knight had Cosby show. So like well, I, I, I'm curious about Fat Albert. Like, where was the last place that it aired? Like, was it ever on Cartoon Network? Well, I mean, I like, would it so. would it ever be like on Boomerang? Maybe. I don't know. My guess yeah, is for Fat Albert is probably like early Saturday mornings on TV Land, or or maybe I mean, like the um. When I was a kid, was there was like a Fat Albert remake movie, where I think it was like Eddie Murphy in a fat suit or something, and I didn't see it. Yeah, but I was seeing like commercials for it. Yeah, you're talking about the Keenan Thompson movie. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, that's actually that's actually not a bad movie either. I see that again once. and see if you agree with that. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I remember seeing it once with my family, and I was like. Actually, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't hysterical or anything, but it was it was just a fun movie to watch, but I don't know if it's going to hold up. Reading the film summary on the Fat Albert wiki page, and so um, the I, film acts as a sequel to the series where Fat Albert and the boys journey into the real world after jumping out of a television in order to help out a lonely girl with her social anxiety. The boys enjoy being in the real world, but after a meeting with her creator, Bill Cosby, Fat Albert is informed that if he and the others do not return to the television world immediately, they will turn into celluloid dust. <laughs> I know that, um, like, in the movie, like, Kenan Thompson, like, his... not made with animation cells anymore. That's why I appreciate okay. that so much. Um, so in the movie, like, Kenan Thompson, like, became, like more, like, neutral color. Like, his shirt wasn't... It was, like, getting, like, more washed out and so with, like, his face. So, Keenan Thompson was, like, you know, his average, like, black, you know, black man face to looking, like, really ashy looking by the end of the movie. And then, you know, that's when they had to, like, oh, man, we're gonna, you know, Fat Albert, we, we can't be out here in the real world or whatever, even though you love this girl with social issues. And then they wound up getting back in the TV. And that's kind of all I remember. So, apparently, Fat Albert is airing on... Balance TV, which was founded by Martin Luther King III, and uh, it's aimed at African Americans, some sort of uh, digital network. Um, it only broadcasts in 480i in 2018. Mm. And it was founded in 2011, so <laughs> even back then, that was low. But I guess it's just like a budget channel that airs old black shows. You know, I got to wonder if, um, shoot, like if they're going to, I don't know if they ever released I Spy on DVD. Cause I Spy was like one of Bill Cosby's like original roles from the sixties. Like I remember watching shows, that on UPN. Like half the shows under current programming are like Van Albert and Cosby shows. So I guess they don't air them anymore. But, uh, I mean, it doesn't really look like they have very many shows. I assume they just air, like, long blocks of the same shows. Gotcha. Like a lot of channels do these days. Uh, but it's one of those, like, decimal channels that oh, most people yeah. probably don't have any way of getting 
Well, if you have... Even though exist. Yeah, that too. I mean, like, if you have cable and if your network provider offers it, then you can probably get to it, but... Yeah, how do those channels exist, you know? Like, I mean, if you do... putting money towards, like, the existence of Kids Click and that sort of thing on those obscure (laughs) digital channels? I mean, the digital channels, like, if you do, like, a channel search on your TV, like, it'll pick it up. Like, you just have to, like, go to the number and just keep hitting up and it'll get to, like, decimal channels. I mean, that's yeah, how it is with this local been able network to affiliate them. here. Oh. I mean, I have the right TV, and I don't think that, that you can access it for that, for whatever reason. Gotcha. And, and I assume they just think, like, no, nobody cares about these channels. Like, you know, or you can access them. <laughs> um, are we about wrapped up? Because i got to get to bed soon. I just looked up Kids Click, and it's still on the air. Oh, wow. Yeah. But they're not airing RoboCop anymore. I wouldn't expect so. Uh, yeah, I guess we're about done. Daph, do you have any, like, Peter Faith tweets or whatever? Um, actually, I'm trying to pull up to see, um... Uh, here we go. Uh, this is actually from our, uh, from our friend, uh, Timothy Roberts, Timbox McKenzie. Oh, boy. Um, Back in 2006, about 12 years ago, I had actually written a different plot and a different story with different characters, and they involve different environments. In my unfinished 2006 movie screenplay draft, this is and distant other planet of dinosaurs, which I call Reptaria, not to be confused with the Rugrats dinosaurian hero Reptar, which is a Godzilla slash Gojira XP to say the least. What? what does XP mean? Oh, no. Reptaria is a lush and distant dinosaur planet identical to the Earth during the whole dinosaur era. Parentheses, especially down to the Mesozoic era, fauna, and or flora. I like how he did fauna and or flora instead of flora and or fauna. How long and is the following five-page expert for my unfinished 2006 movie script, I'll be with modifications and some revisions that I did recently. There is a there was this whole sequence that I wrote in 2006 where a group of characters get involved with a 200-strong pack of raptor dinosaurs that were chasing a 200-strong stampeding herd of iguanodons, parentheses, the iguanodon being one of the first dinosaur species ever known to science, before turning their attention to our heroes. Nobody wins. (laughs) About Peter's Kong. Uh, everything about this yeah, he's, he's talking about how he ripped off the 2005 perfect. Perfect. We'll like, be here for five more hours if you keep reading that. I wrote back oh in 2006 gosh. and presented in all of its presumably action-packed glory. So what do you think, and what's your favorite part of the excerpt? I, I, will, I will spare you the excerpt. The part you finish is my favorite part. No. <laughs> I, I just thought it was interesting um, that Timbox had a script from when he was posting on Toons that we didn't even know about. Named yeah. uh, Tatsuo. It, it's spelled T-A-T-S-O. I don't even think that's a real word. Mm. There's and, a comment um, from like a spam bot linking to a, a Quiet Place full movie HD 1080. Movie. Ridiculous. Like I posted a, 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 a status about Infinity War and like almost instantly I had the spam bot post something like that. How do spam bots post on like random people's Facebook pages? Don't post you on, No, people can post if you have your Facebook set as public 
or have so, it, I have it posted up. Anyone can comment on it. Did you hear the news that Stephen Hawking have gone dead at seventy six? That's what I to post. Have gone dead. For Mandark and Mojo Jojo to become emperors, you can't defeat them. And that is why we have to strip you guys of your adventures and your lives. <laughs> what? Reading random sequences here. Um, oh, is that from the script? Reading the script, the script excerpt right now. Uh, it looks like that. I don't see any other direct uh, cartoon references in here. That's bizarre because in 2006. They were completely fanfic. You know, like the Powerpuff Girls were there. wonder if this predates uh, Quirks for Eve, The Lost World. Yeah. That was, that was like the first one, wasn't it? We're aware of, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like stopping this recording. You guys can keep going, but, um. That's, that's alright. Yeah, that, that was my closing remarks. I'm good. Alright. Um, we had the, pr- the opening remarks, so that was kind of closing remarks there for whatever I said there. So, I don't know, that was two and a half hours ago. <laughs> oh, really? Has it been going that long? Yes, it has been going that long. Okay. Implies we're having fun. That is true. It's all about having fun. Recording this. Yep. And it should be released at a time in the future, possibly in the May month, but we'll see. What percentage of this podcast do you think was dedicated to, like, 20%, 30%? Of the, the movie? <laughs> no, I mean, like, how much of this was, like, us talking about, like, gender and other random stuff? Oh, maybe 5%, I'd say. Uh-huh. I think we were, like, 50% on task for once. That was good. And yeah. that doesn't include, like, the 20-minute tangent where we talked about Ready, where we talked, where I talked about Ready Player One. Or the the channel awesome stuff at the start. I don't know how long that went on for. Yeah, that went on for like maybe ten fifteen minutes probably. So that was in the beginning though, because I, I guess I guess for us this was not as on topic as some episodes. No, I mean we did good. Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, t- I must have taken my Adderall at um, an early enough point in the day, so it kind of wore off by now. <sighs> Daft, you said you want to watch the Batman Ninja movie at some point or something. Watch it again, actually. Uh, Zionic, I highly recommend you check it out as well. I've seen clips uh, of it. My um, buddy Eric was showing me that, and it does look really good. Where, like, Joker's, like, in the samurai uniform, and he's got his hair all done up. And he's got, like, a little, like, pencil mustache. Yudo like, era Japan. Yeah. Like, these outfits. Uh, so I watched it with my friends um, earlier this weekend, and we were blown away by it. Like, most of my friends had very low expectations and very much enjoyed it. Depending on the uh, other stuff that DC's put out that we've like talked about, that I was like, "Oh man, this is crap." But yeah, this from what I saw, it looked really good. Of them really watch like the DC stuff, like they just watch they watch anime, so they were impressed by that. But okay. um, what's interesting is the studio that did this; they haven't done any like full movies or series. All they they're mostly known for doing uh, the opening for uh, the first arc of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, okay. There, there was the Batman Gotham Knight movie. Do you remember that one from the 2000s that was like another anime movie? 
I have not seen uh, Gotham that's Knight. That's more like, but isn't that I've more seen like nothing of Gotham almost? Knight? It, it was. It's like Animatrix. If you've seen that, except for I, with Batman. I know of Animatrix, and shorts. I only know there's like one, really like one, maybe two good shorts. But I've never sat down and watched Gotham Knight. Well, both of them are the same way. Where it's like there's okay. it's an, an anthology with different styles. Yeah, and they're like interesting films of like just as a relic of their time, um, and you know experimental animation with a major property. But uh, I just know Studio Madhouse did some stuff for it. And I think whatever Studio Madhouse did on that is probably the best looking clip. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean Animatrix, missed, like, but I would say they're worth checking out. I mean, Animatrix, I saw that like 15 years ago, and I can only really remember maybe one or two things about that. Based I'm on pretty sure Animatrix know. aired on Adult Swim. It and did. I don't know if yeah. Gotham Knight aired on um, Action Flicks or maybe Toonami even. I'm not I sure. I don't believe Gotham Knight has ever aired on Adult Swim, but I know, yeah, um, Animatrix did at one point. That was like 2003, maybe? 2004? I remember they had a night for that, so I did see that. Yeah, I mean, it was coming out around the same time as the um, the the movies, um, the sequels for The Matrix. Yeah, it came out, they put it on TV about when the third uh, uh, Matrix movie was coming out, if I, if I recall correctly. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long, it's been like 15 years, yeah. Okay, so it did air, uh, Gotham Knight did air on Network. Oh, it did? Uh, apparently it aired on October 4th, uh, 2008. Okay. With a TV 14V rating, exclusive parental warning after each commercial break and some graphic scenes cut at 9 p.m. So I guess that must have been Toonami or maybe that was Action Flex. Uh, I guess that was Action Flex right after Toonami died. Oh, okay. But, uh, but, but it, it was pretty violent actually. I'm surprised they kind of, that they aired it on, on Christian Network. Gotcha. They must have had to edit a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, with how much they edited out of Superman Doomsday around that time, like, I don't know. They edited out, like, all the punches from what I recall on Superman Doomsday. Jesus. I still think it's stupid they're remaking that, but I assume the first one was probably very inaccurate to the comic, but... Well, sure, but I mean, we just had the same... We just had the same plot um, in... Like Batman versus Superman, we just had Doomsday kill Superman in that. It's like, how many times can you do this same story over and over? Isn't that story not really the only notable thing about it? Is really just that Superman dies. It isn't really considered a good story, is right? No, no, it's yeah. not. It's it's considered to be like the ultimate stupid comic book cash in, where it was just made explicitly just to sell a million copies of. The sealed bagged Superman seventy five with the uh, with the armband with all the superheroes wore because they were sad that Superman died with the S on it and like everybody bought it thinking like oh this is gonna be a collector's item but it was, like, they made like a million copies of it and it's not worth anything now exactly I did to see Steel animated and Superboy and I don't even remember what the other two Superman replacements are Cyborg Superman uh. There was another one. I've been waiting my whole life to see Cyborg Superman animated. Yeah. I still don't have Red Sun animated, and I still have Kingdom Sun or Kingdom Come um, animated. But thank goodness I'm getting we're getting another rendition of Superman Doomsday. 
I watched the the old one the other day, and it's not even bad. Like, they don't need to remake it. That was one of the better DC direct-to-video films. But yeah, I definitely don't remember explicitly hating it compared to some of the other ones. They do change a lot in it, but it, that's for the better. It was like like reimagining. Really we like, like the story. ones that have less that are not straight adaptations or have less to do with a comic. I'm going to go ahead and stop this recording now so I can go to bed and you two can just talk amongst yourselves. Thank you for listening. Gotta go. Bye. Alright. Later. I'm, I'm peace. Peace out. Kids! Listen to the rap music. Kids! Listen to the rap music. What do you like to play? Pokemon! 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 What do you like to play? Pokemon! 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 Pokemon. You see, the kids, they listen to the rap, which gives them the brain damage. You see, with their hippin' and the hoppin' and the pippin' and the boppin', so they don't know what the jail is all about! You see, jazz is like jello pudding. No, actually, it's more like Kodak though. No, actually, jazz is like a new coat. It'll be around forever. <laughs> What's the difference between me and you? Like a jump rope. What do you think candy is made out of? Pokemon. Pokemon. No, actually, candy is more like Kodak film. See, here I go down the slope. Oh, I'm going zip zop zooming the bottom. It's okay, take your time. Do you remember what he looked like? I had an uncle named Stewie, and he used to sell bicycles. Look, 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 what you got there?